Welcome to another edition of Oh No Not Them, the show where formats don't matter. There is no plan. And it's all bullshit anyway. Come along for the ride. Here are your hosts, Eric, Jim, and Bill. You mean you couldn't hear us before? No, I could hear you, but it was like, you. it's almost like you were like, you know, like, so I just kind of, you know, it was the hair. It got in my ears. You couldn't fucking adjust it, move it, like put the headphones on a different way so that, you know, your hair was out of your ears? I could have, but it's kind of a moot point now, isn't it? <laughs> hair was out of your ears? I could have. You make my brain hurt. You really fucking do. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, I I hate you. Oh my lord. I had a had an interesting day, boys. Um. So I go down to Middletown for work today. Okay, where roughly is that at? B- south of Harrisburg. Okay. Okay. Middletown. Down Middle below camp. State. Down by Camp Hill. All right. Okay. Um, so I go down there okay, and, uh, down below. most of my job is on private property today. Okay. Not like a residence. It was a freight yard. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Down it down. So I go on to said private freight yard property. Of course, I have to go through a gate, mm-hmm. gated checkpoint to get in, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Guy takes down my information, mm-hmm. who I'm with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my license plate number, all this other stuff. You know, so I go and I'm going about my business. I'm at the last pole of the job. And this co- this clown comes up. Saw where this was going. This clown comes up in a, you know, not in a big rig because there's, you know, freight jockeys moving shit around. Right. You know, there's truck jockeys moving shit around. Guy comes up in a car, says, What are you doing? I'm a engineer with Verizon. You're getting cable here. You know, this is private property. Yeah, you see these poles, right? Read the deed. Right of way, I can get to these. You know, I have legal right to be Mm -hmm. at these and survey these poles to do what I want. Do I need to call the cops? I said, go ahead. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Go ahead, call them. I'll wait. How long are you going to be? Till I'm fucking done. (laughs) And with that, gone. I hate people. Oh, I only know. And this is, it was just some Joe Blow. No, he worked there. Right, but he wasn't like security or anything like that. No, the security guard took my information yeah. and said, all right, I'll see you when you leave. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, the best one was a uh, few times I've dealt with uh, with some of the some of the local law enforcement down in that general area. Really? Yeah. Like I'd be, uh, I'd be al- along the road, doing what I need to do. And, yes. You know, like I'm pulled off as right. best as I can. Yes. And I'm there measuring a pole. 
right? Running the sticks up the pole. Cop comes up. Lights. Hits, <laughs> hits the emergency lights, right? What are you doing? I'm a field engineer with Verizon. I need to survey this pole. Because there's going to be a new attacher coming through. But how long are you going to be here? Until I'm done. <laughs> what did you say? Didn't stutter until I'm done. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like they think you have a stopwatch on. Yeah. Well, no. It's it's like they think I'm there casing a fucking property in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's nothing around me but farm fields at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm casing the joint with a stack of paperwork that thick in my hand and a 35-foot-long fiberglass fucking rod. <laughs> and my car is literally parked with my four-ways on 30 feet from where I'm standing. Mm-hmm. You'd make the worst criminal. I would. <laughs> I'd be terrible at it. I don't hide. What um, happened to you? All right. Wait, which part? Well, that. Okay, okay. Well, rent. I was growing all that out for the rent fair. Did the rent fair and got rid of it all on the weekend. Shaved, shaved the beard and mustache in the hotel room. And then on the way home. I uh, just stopped at a hair place and said, okay, cut it off. You should have kept it. No, no. Yes. It's, it's it's hard to eat corn on a cob. And then when I'm eating my mustache. You just went my... to some random place? No, not a random place. He went to like a fucking cheesy ass great clips or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's just my hair. It's not like I'm not you know, I'm not getting like a permanent Dude, or something. I let, I, you know, I go to Linda for this. You have to. She'd kill you if you didn't. Well, I mean, there's only two people that I've allowed to yeah. touch my hair in the last yeah, so fucking it, 15 years. Yeah. Or last 10 years, and that's Amber and Linda. Oh, that's boy. it. Yeah, so that was, you know, it's just, I, I knew it was all going to go. Yeah. Because I was just growing it for that. And it's like, you know, now next year I'll I'll grow some more out for the fair next year. I didn't know it was in Jersey. One of them is. I usually go to the Pennsylvania one, but we're going to the Jersey one. Oh, you would have loved it. A, a religious revival set up right next door oh jesus christ and they oh and they were like you know every, and there was a small the old school tent like- venue no no they there was like um it was a closed pavilion but it wasn't a large pavilion i'm trying to think something you would know in reference to probably like the pavilion up at the uh, behind the pool gotcha gotcha yeah. gotcha it's not a, a huge but they had the bass on this music pumped way up <laughs> and, and every so often, so I like to thank all the brothers and sisters of Christ for coming here and praising the Lord. Oh, was it was Baptist? I don't know if they were Baptist, but they they just you may, they <clears throat> made sure they knew you. Everybody was like Lord praising. I we were They're probably Baptist. We were trying to watch this comedic representation of Macbeth, uh-huh. which that's our favorite play. Yeah, for me and Lisa, and. Between the um, Highland Games going on at the next field, uh-huh. the the loud bass music and religious <laughs> speeches going on, these poor Macbeth actors had to scream their lungs out. Oh my lord! Their bit. I felt so bad for them, but it it was so it was just so so it was so it was so much fun. Um, I'm glad you had a good time. Yep, and then. We went to we went to a baseball game last night. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, it was what a pigs game. Yeah, it was soccer night, which oh. means there were hundreds upon thousands of children. 
Yes. Yes. I have. And you said? Motherfucker. Oh, it was the worst game I've ever attended. <laughs> these these little these little snot rags were were just at the dugout bothering for foul balls and just running all over. The ushers were having a hard time, like corralling them. I actually yelled at one point. I'd say, you know, when he was like kind of shushing them away. Uh-huh. It's, and it's like shushing rats away <clears throat> from like you know garbage on the streets. The minute you turn your back, they're, they're right back. Yeah, they're back. So he shushed them away, and I just get a cattle prod. <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah. No, no parents anywhere. It was just screaming, yelling. And when Ferris came out, it was like the ice cream truck showed up. They just came out of nowhere. I don't know. They just, just, just surrounded the guy. I'm like, I felt bad. Hey, Doug's here. What, Doug? What's up, Crackle? Hey. Hello, uh, Doug. Oh, we forgot it. Evening, Brian. Yeah, Brian didn't make it last week. He didn't make it nope. this week yet nope. either, fucker. Nope. Well, we'll what are you doing him. him there? I don't know. You got to tell him. Tell him. We so, had, he was cutting the grass or something last week. I don't fucking remember. Yeah. We are more important than grass cutting. I know grass, that. Grass is going to be there. I told him that. Well, uh, I'll wait till we are off air to tell you this one. Um, I had a little... <laughs> Another little incident, but uh, we're gonna we'll uh, we'll talk about that one off air. Um, so, how, w- w- anything interesting happened with you? The only interesting thing that happened to me was I am finally going to see Tool at the PPL Center. I got my tickets Friday morning, and it's November seventh, the day of Bella's seventeenth birthday, and she's going with me. Nice. Um, I looked into it because uh, I was thinking of going. And Missy would was was thinking about said about going. I can't justify it. Where were you looking at? Well, by the time I got home and got on, oh. the only thing available was secondary market tickets, mm. and the cheapest ones I found were like a hundred and fifty a pop. Well, I got, and I'm not fucking doing <clears throat> it. I'm at uh, where we sat for Megadeth. Yeah, I'm in the lower section in the corner, so I that's kind of where I wanted to be. Yeah. But I got on, <clears throat> I got on at ten o two. I got put into a queue, and then it said once you select your tickets, you have, I think it was five or six minutes to complete your purchase. Yeah. Well, of course you go to the site and everyone's on it, so the lag. Oh yeah. Right. So I just want to, you know, buy my fucking ticket. Buy, and it, you know, page is unresponsive. What do you want to do? No, stay on the page. Three times that happened. Yeah. I got my tickets in the cart. Um, they were one twenty five. Yeah, the cheapest ones I I found, and they were fucking top up level, top. back row, were like a buck and a half a pop. Yeah, and I'm not fucking doing it. Uh, anything decent was over two hundred dollars a piece, and I will never pay that for a concert. No, I I won't fucking <clears throat> do it. Well, the other funny thing was is once you put it in your cart, you log into the PPNL Center. And normally my computer at work saves my passwords. And it had some weird email address in there. It wasn't even an email address. It had the right password, but some it just had symbols in for, like, my email address. Uh-huh. So I type in my email address, and it says error. Uh, email or password does not work or does not match. I'm like, I put it in again. Error. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, forgot password. Check my email. I don't get a fucking email. Now, th- at this point, I'm under the gun. You know, I only have so many minutes. Yeah. They never sent the link for my password. I'm like, okay. I fucking forgot password again. Look at my email. Nothing. I'm like, fuck it. 
new user. So I go through, enter the information. All my information is already in there. I just got to put it in my email address. I put in my email address. Uh, this email address is already taken. Yep. I'm like, you fucks. So then I just put my work address in, and then I was able to go through with it. But I'm like, ah. Yeah. I, I, I would have liked to have gone to see Tool, but by the time I got home and was able to get on, it was nothing but secondary market tickets. Um, and I'm not doing it. I refuse. I refuse to buy secondary market tickets. Um, I agree, Doug. Tickets should be like 50 bucks. Yeah. But now here's what's going. I just heard this today on one of my uh, like my morning drive shows that I listen to uh-huh. on um, my daily roundup. Spotify or not Spotify. Live Nation, Ticketmaster, and StubHub, and SeatGeek, and all these other fucks are supposedly working on ticket transparency. Where the hidden fees that they hammer the shit out of you with Uh are going to be up front. Okay. And that's the way it should be, is it should be all-in pricing. Not like when I got our tickets for uh, when I got our tickets for Mudvayne. I forget what the face value of it was, but by the end of it, each ticket was like sixty two bucks. Mm-hmm. After yeah. you know with fees, and I'm like, you know what? Fucking put that shit right out there. And how fucking dare you charge a fee when you're not? Giving me a physical ticket, mm-hmm. I can't even print the fucking ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, and they call it a convenience fee. Yeah, fuck you. Convenience the, for who? The other thing was, well, it did actually. When they were in my card, I did see what my transaction, what the fee was going to be. But what I thought was weird is when I got my email, it basically said you're going to receive your tickets 72 hours before the event. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Same me? thing with the Mudvayne tickets. Mm-hmm. Yep, you'll get your digital tickets. Th- 72 hours before the show. So, essentially, 72, or when we go to the show, yeah. I'm going to transfer you guys your tickets, you know, and transfer Randy his. I mean, I have the GNR ones on my phone already. I have the zombie ones on my phone And then get up there already. and have no internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, I, that's why we're going to do it here. Because Montage is a f- fucking shit show as far as trying to get, uh, yeah. get, get cell signal. And you're right, Doug. It should be fucking all-in pricing. Let me know up front what I'm paying for the goddamn ticket. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and places like SeatGeek and StubHub and all this other shit, mm-hmm. it's nothing more than legalized scalping. No, you're right. Yep. And the worst part of it is Live Nation and Ticketmaster have their own secondary marketplace. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they have their own secondary marketplace. What a fucking conflict of interest. And now they want to do this dynamic pricing bullshit. Yeah. Where, oh, well, hang on. This concert has more demand. We can up the prices. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. And I had a laugh. I went into JT's office the other day and I saw Nemia sitting on his desk. And I said... Enema. Enema, that, yeah. Sorry. I knew what you meant. I know. But anyway, I mentioned to him that, you know, I'm finally going to see them. And he goes, at the PPL Center. 
I said, yeah. He goes, I was going to go, but the damn tickets were too expensive. I said, what? Apparently, if you do a search for PPL Center, you get those stupid sites that pop up first. Yep. Yeah, he ended up accidentally clicking on that, and tickets were like $400, $500. Yep. And I said, oh, I, oh, yeah. well, I didn't play close to that. Like that, the, the, uh, the Steel Panther show in Sailorsburg. Yes. It's a $30 ticket. Mm-hmm. I went, you know, I did, a, I did a search for the Sherman Theater, right? And it took me to one of them fucking retarded sites. Yes. And it was like $100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, the fucking meet and greets are only a buck fifty. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, yeah, that happened to me one time. I'm like, wait a minute, I, I think I'm in the wrong fucking site. And I, sure enough, I was. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that. Anyway. And some tubby bitch is sitting on a chair with a freaking body bait up. Yeah. You know, sitting on a hundred goddamn tickets and he's making money hand over fist. Yeah. It, it. And I don't understand. It says, you know, okay, only four tickets per purchase. Now. They have bots that mm-hmm. do this. Right. And I'm, what I'm saying is if, if, if they're using the same card to do that transaction, they should be flagging the card. Hey, you already got four tickets. Fuck you. Yeah, well, they can't do that. They're, if there's a, any loopholes, these guys find ways around it. Doug, I appreciate that. They Doug are, said, uh, Hang on. Doug says if we want to buy some used condoms, he'll let us know the cost right up front. You know how you reuse a condom, right? Mm. Turn it inside out. And wash the fuck out of it. Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> People nasty. Dirty motherfucker. Anyway, go ahead. Finish your thing. Finish your thought, Bill. What was the start of it? <laughs> About these people sitting on a bunch of tickets. Oh, no, no. They they just, it's a cat and mouse game. It's like these sites, they figure out ways to keep the bots out. And then they just design something better. But no, the thing is, Ticketmaster doesn't even try to keep the bots out. Well, so, uh, yeah, they don't. But I mean, I'm, yeah, and, they and don't who, el- who else is there? Because Ticketmaster knows they're getting their money. Right. They don't care who's giving them the money. You know, I miss, I never thought I would say something like this, but fucking A, I miss the days of like McCool Productions and going to the Bonton or Boscov's to a fucking Ticketron outlet and buying a ticket in person. Yeah. Yeah. Or buying, or God forbid, going to the fucking box office of a venue. Yep. Yep. That that was. And the the music store in the Heightened Street Mall. Yep. Yeah. I, I bought, I bought plenty of tickets there. Yes. I remember buying WWF tickets for a high school at the news agency in Lehighton. Nice. Oh, wow. I remember buying yep. I, 80s, man. I remember buying ECW tickets at Galaxy of Sound. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, if you now, even though though wrestling tickets are still relatively cheap. Yeah. You know, compared to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't fucking know. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Lord should we Lord. dive into this? Yes. All right, now is going to begin week two of the three-week Black Sabbath deep dive. Um, To recap last week, we did the first eight albums, which is the initial run with Ozzy. Um, So from the self-titled debut up until Never Say Die. Now we get to 1980 and Black Sabbath's ninth studio album released on April 18th of 1980. Uh... This is the album Heaven and Hell. Okay. Peaks at number eight, or number 28 on the Billboard charts and certified platinum in the United States. This is the third highest selling album 
in Black Sabbath's catalog. Hmm. Really? Behind Paranoid and Master of Reality. Wow. Yeah, no surprise there. <clears throat> and this is the first album. This is a landmark album because this is the first album with a new singer and the introduction to the band of Ronnie James Dio. Uh-huh. Who also wrote most of the lyrics. To yeah. Yes, yes. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's obvious. Oh, yeah. I, yes. It's very obvious. All right. So side one starts off with a great song called Neon Nights. Yep. Go great ahead. opener. Great. Just awesome song. I mean, introduction to Dio. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you can definitely tell he wrote the lyrics. And I'm going to say this multiple times on this album. Geezer Butler, his bass lines in this fucking song are absolutely fucking oh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, Geezer, I mean, Geezer's doing what, you know, he's doing what Geezer does. Uh, you know, you can't really, uh, the guy's the guy's a killer. Oh. Um, I'm not sure what the fuck Dio's on about in this song. I don't care. It's just a great song. Yes. It's it's, it's nice with neon on him. Fighting somebody from riding horses in the sky. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the cover of the Live Evil album, the Neon Knights right in the front. So yeah, well, it's a great song. I I absolutely absolutely dig the shit out of this song. Um, all right, uh, Doug says bought lots of tickets, physical tickets at Galaxy of Sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Doug, the Ren Fair is over, so Bill shaved off his beard. Mm. <sighs> I know. I mean, a, a real man would have kept the beard, but. He can't. Not everybody can be cool like me and you, Doug. You don't need a beard to be cool. It helps. Some yeah. of the coolest people on the planet don't have a beard. Like who? Who? Bill Nye, the science guy. He's not cool. Uh, no, he's not cool. The the Tyrone. Wait, what's his name? The other guy, the astrophysical guy. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Okay, I. <laughs> He's pretty cool. See, I'll no, give you that. Yeah, one. no beard. I'll give you that one. No beard. I'll and and of one. course, the coolest person without a beard, hands down, me. I no. knew you were gonna <laughs> fucking say that. No, 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 no. Fuck off. Just fuck all the way off. Anyway, now we go on to the next song, "Children of the Sea." Oh, just a beautiful song. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. He, yeah, he, he knows how to write them. Yeah, this is a great song. And actually, the. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, because you said he knows how to write them. You're talking yeah. Dio? Yeah. Okay. It gets a meh for me because this whole song, he's talking about the children of the sea. And then at the end, he just goes off topic. The ending did not fit the song at all. When no. He talking about the sun going black and blah, 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 blah. You know what this song is about? It's never coming back. What? This song is about the final battle between God and the fallen. This is a song about Armageddon. I thought it was something right. like Lovecraft. Well, no. All right. But like I said, it just it just had a weird ending to me. It just, the ending, I don't know. I just think it didn't fit there the way he ended it. Yes, Doug, beards are for rides. <laughs> <laughs> Next is probably my favorite song on the album, hmm. Lady Evil. It's a great song. I love it too. This one was a hard one to pick any any favorite song. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is like hard pressed. You know, I have yeah. to pick one. I'm probably going Lady Evil, because there is a place just south of Witch's Valley mm-hmm. where they say the wind won't blow and they only speak in whispers of her name. This had that crazy bass intro. Am I right? 
Yes. Because that's the first thing I wrote down, bass. And then, and I'm trying to remember on the other albums we listened to, did Tony Iommi do a lot of guitar solos? Every song. I didn't notice him that much. This one... I'll tell you why, but we'll get to that on a later record. Okay. The, I mean, this solo really fucking stood out. Yeah. And and it was funny. Listen to the song. It, it, made, it reminded me of... 22 Acacia Avenue <laughs> from Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. I know. You're just talking yeah. about a lady. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, I mean, there's, well, there, there's a whole trilogy. Yes. For that. The whole Charlotte yeah. the Harlot trilogy. Yeah. From Maiden. But now, because they were talking about a woman? I just, I don't know. I don't know why I just thought of that song. It's Skook adjacent. Yes. Give it a break. Come on. All right. Break's given. Mr. Forgetting what you're talking about 10 minutes after, 10 seconds after you say it there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a problem. I know, and I'm glad you two are there to help me out <laughs> when I forget these things. Maybe if you two lived with me, when I walk into a goddamn room, I can remember why the hell I walked into that goddamn. Room. If I lived with you, oh. that would be bad. That would be very fucking bad. The final song on side one mm-hmm. is the title track, "Heaven and Hell." Love this one, absolutely. This this might I remember. I think this one was the this album was the first Black Sabbath I was maybe introduced to because I have it on a very old 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 cassette. Yeah, but I'm never sure because everything was about the same time. But this is another just it's a such a wonderful song. Yeah, this is like one of the most Sabbath sounding songs with Dio Mm. on vocals, especially at the end. It gets really hard and heavy at the end. And once again, I have bass again and. I fucking thought of the rhyme of the ancient mariner when he was like in the middle going and it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking. And then once again, another fucking kick-ass guitar solo in this song. Yeah. Yep. Doug says the whole album is gold. Can't argue. Yeah, but I can't we can't say that off the bat. Eric gets mad. Right, we have to wait. <laughs> hold, you gotta hold your thoughts, Doug. Side one uh side two, actually, starts with a song called Wishing Well. Another great one. And now I can say it that my favorite songs are the first five. Just right in a row. Yeah. I I, I absolutely love. I can't pick a favorite out of any of them. I love them all. All right. This was such a pleasure. This one was such a pleasure to listen to. Yeah. It's a good good album. This this song had like a groove rock vibe to it, I thought. The way the guitars were. And once again, I'm going to say fucking his bass again. Holy shit. I don't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't really call it a groove rock thing. It's more of a... Uh, it's a different sounding song. It's, it's a very yeah. different sounding mm-hmm. song yeah. for Sabbath. I, I love it. And, you know, I like the message in it about life being what you make of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool, cool song. Next, we have Die Young. Yeah, this is a great song. It starts out nice and fast. Yeah. And then goes all mystical. Yes. Yeah. It just, <laughs> That's it just switches gears. Just, I know. And I put the Die Young part. Meh. But yeah, that cool guitar intro, and then it just explodes. Man, yeah. this no, song is there, awesome. There should be no mez. That one part was meh. There should be no mez. Lots of mez. Not the meh, not the mez. See when I started with the meh? <laughs> I See? know. Yes, meh. All right. Next, we have a song called Walk Away. This one was good. This one was like better than okay. It was up there, though. I, 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 I really dig this song. Go ahead, Jim. It, I have, you know... His fucking bass again. Um, that end solo was awesome, but overall, I just thought this was just a a simple rock song. It is, it is a 
pretty straightforward yeah. yeah. rock song. Yeah. yeah. But if you if you sit and like dig into the lyrics a little bit, yeah. The this one is a very meaningful song mm. because this is about seeing some women for who they truly are, especially if you're rich and or famous. Oh god, you yeah, pregnant. Don't let the punani pull you in. <laughs> walk away. <laughs> Just walk away. Yeah. See, I mean, Ronnie Dio may be may have been the original hit and quit it, motherfucker. I don't know. Well. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it's a great song. Um, and the, the 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 album ends with a song about Lucifer's fall. Mm-hmm. And another one. It's just yeah. Go ahead. Lonely is the world. Another just great ending. I mean, the whole album was just so cohesive. Yeah. I mean it. It 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 fit just like a, a satisfying like a finished Rubik's cube sitting in front of you. Yeah. That you completed, not this one that you took out the fucking box. Can I talk about song eight? Go ahead. What's song eight? Well, you were talking about the whole album already. About lonely is the yeah, world. Yeah, because that's you know then oh, we you, okay. then now you get to I'm talk gonna about. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead, no, talk. I didn't realize. We were Go ahead. Gonna... This had a freaky droning guitar riff that just sounded incredible. Yeah. It was, I, I, it was weird, and then. I think what in the middle of the song he has that really really mellow solo. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a good song. <laughs> oh shit. Uh-oh. Yep, Doug, we got we 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 the first Punani reference. <laughs> I got words here I can't read. Oh, lovely. well, there's a fucking surprise. <laughs> All right, what do you what what do you give it? No, that's for, oh this one ten fucking perfect ten. All right, this is this is this yes this might be, you know. One of my absolutely favorite Black Sabbath albums over, like, there's not a, I don't there's not a bad song on this album for me. I agree. You drop the needle anywhere, it's great. I'm not. Go ahead. Go ahead. Drew. I'll go eight. Okay, eight. Fair enough. Uh, I I agree that there's no there's nothing dead on this mm-hmm. on this album. I I can't I can't give it perfect, but I will go nine. This is a, for for me. It's a solid nine out of ten. Great album, I like I said. I, I never, I never listened to the album, uh, but you know, his fucking bass is absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah, I I I love Geezer, I, I love Geezer Geezer Butler. All right, moving on. The tenth studio album, released November fourth of nineteen eighty one. We come to Mob Rules. Mm-hmm. Now this peaks at number twenty nine on the Billboard charts and is certified gold in the United States. Ronnie James Dio on vocals, who wrote also wrote the lyrics. Once again, Tony Iommi on guitars, Geezer Butler on bass, and Bill Ward was in dry out at the time. Okay, Bill went to uh, he went to rehab, so they got a guy named Vinny Apice to play drums. Okay, or a piece. Uh, it, I've heard different pronunciations of the name. It depends on who you're talking to, him if or his brother. Yeah, if it's him or Carmine. Because <laughs> uh, I think it was always Vinny Apice and Carmine apiece. Yeah, that's how they always did it. Wow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but Vinny's a fucking killer drummer. He's not, he doesn't have the jazz tro- chops that Ward does, but a, a solid fucking drummer. Uh, Doug says, Stellar 10, baby. He said that Ozzy's not there, but Dio knocks it out of the park. Cannot disagree. Mm-hmm. All right. So now let's go back to this one. Opens up with a song called Turn Up the Night. Yep. 
back to great openings, and I'm not even gonna guess what I. It's, it looks like it says Albuquerque, but I don't fucking know. I I don't know. Oh, anthem esque. There, there you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is definitely an anthem. He, yeah. Iomi's doing like a scraggly guitar throughout the whole darn thing. Yeah. I have good opener, fucking bass again, and the guitar solos. Yeah. Um, it's a great opener, and this is about, uh, you know, writing about the sexy times. <laughs> How many times do you make a sticky? You Jesus know? Christ. Once again, we talk about the Punani. <laughs> oh, fucking A. Song two Voodoo. This was good. Now, I kept hearing, like, smoke on the water during this song. I can see that. I, I can see that, I too. kept hearing it, and it was like that influence was there, which yeah. was funny. There's a Deep Purple influence, as we'll find out later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to come in a little later. Um, well, I mean, the Blackmore influence is there now with Dio. Yeah. Because yeah. R- Ronnie Dio was the singer of... Uh, Rainbow? Of Rainbow, yes. Yeah. yeah, Bill does. Doug, you're right. Bill does not need a stenographer or a secretary. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, mean, uh, I, I am. I, I am accepting applications. You must be a ginger. What the fuck is that? Mean? A redhead. Well, I know that. Why is that a stipulation? He likes gingers. Yeah. What's wrong with? I've you? told what? Missy for years. If I ever find an Asian broad with naturally red hair, she's fucking gone. Oh God yeah, what? Almighty! And, and green eyes. The green eye. <laughs> Aaron, go bra. Aaron, go bra. <laughs> All right. So this song is essentially. Go ahead. Uh, you were up, Bill. Yeah, I finished. Okay. I just Jim. It, it had that uh, smoke on the water vibes. I have uh, good riffs. Uh, geezer's bass again, but I just, I just, I didn't like the song. I like it. I, I, I really dig this song. Um. And the I saw you giving me the side eye when I brought it up because when I brought the song up because of what is that because of what the song is about? I don't know. It's just it 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 was I don't know. What's it about? God's a fucking tyrant. Oh, okay. Well, that's oh, he's talking about that. No, well, that's not why I don't like it. I just didn't like voodoo, voodoo, voodoo. It was just (laughs) but you like the fucking God smack song called voodoo, I bet. Yeah, that's, you suck dicks. That's different though. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with what? fucking dicks. I mean, but no, seriously, you just <laughs> yell at him for liking a song and then automatically just before he even says yes, you're like, you're just like, yeah, nah. it's like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of funny. We were t- before you guys got here. Um, we were talking a little bit about the show, and Missy said she feels bad for you. Why? Because you're the fucking whipping post. I don't give a fuck. Nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) He comes down. He comes down. He sees his mice. Oh, my precious, my precious. Oh, look at this. We're gonna sit down and do this time today. Can we fuck it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, Jim, get with the fucking program. (laughs) Even Doug's working, chiming in now. We, we, we well, is, you're not going to like me on the next one either. We, we established early on when he we brought him on for the grunge stuff. Yeah. This is the pattern. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> All right. Next song, we have Sign of the Southern Cross. Oh, another great song. Very fantasy. Very mystical. And I always, oh, I love that. 
I just I love song and Dio. Oh God, the stuff he does when he does that. Yeah, is just wonderful. Go ahead. I have a a yeah. good ballad than just fucking noise. Awful song. This song is fucking wonderful. I it's, like the other Southern Cross song. It's called Dynamics. You should fucking learn about I'm, it. This is this song gives me vibes of being on a Viking ship. You know, you know. I it, guess. Yeah. Better than that shit you fucking tried to pass off as Viking music. Oh, I see. So it's equal opportunity punching around, isn't it? Now? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck you. Sea shanties are fucking awesome. You wouldn't believe how many sea shanties I fucking listened to oh. this weekend. Why do you think you'll never catch me at a fucking Ren Fair? But I'll have to have you listen to the one song. It's called No. It's called Hit My Dick with a Brick. <laughs> yeah, I, like <laughs> I already like it. I already like it. All right. Now the 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 side closes out with an instrumental and the title track. Let's talk about E5150. All right. Now, this is interesting because it's not Van Halen, but this song would have been perfect on the 1984 album. Yeah? <laughs> just ouchy ear. <laughs> I, I, I took it for what it was at the time. I think there, but it just, it was weird that they, the oh. name of it and what I thought of. Yeah. This is more, um, this is more Tony Iommi fucking about. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was the 80s. We, you know, who didn't? You know, this was actually used in the heavy metal movie. Where? It's used as incidental music, but it's not on the soundtrack. Oh. Oh, okay. Because the next song, before the album was mm-hmm. released, the song Mob Rules was used in the movie Heavy Metal. Yep. Okay. Yeah, a different version of it. I like the, the heavy yes. metal version better. Than this version, but this still is my favorite song on the album. It's a bit more. I'm not sure what the word is. Um, well, it's just it's just a little bit better on the on the the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I dig the song. Um, I dig either version of it. Yeah, I have good song and solos are back. It's it's another one where I don't know what the fuck Ronnie Dio is is on about. I don't care. It's just a killer song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's move to side two. And we start off with a song called Country Girl. Mm-hmm. This song is cool. I it like it is cool. I, I, I felt like it was the successor to Die Young. It kind of, sort of, musically. Yeah, that's I mean, because I listened to everything like back to back. So it's like it just reminded me of like this is another like the, the continuation of the story. Right. And, uh, the story of this one is this is about a succubus. Okay. Well, why country girl? I mean, I have well, the, I, everybody has visions in their head of what a country girl is. Not in England. Different, different type of country girl in England. Oh, okay, that's right. These guys aren't from America. Except Ronnie. God damn it. Oh, and Vinny. Uh, never, uh, Half the band's from Britain. Well, they should have called it Succubus, not Country Girl. Because you, know, you think Country Girl, you think of someone in like... You, know, you think of Daisy Duke. No, I was, no. That's what you think of, you basic fucking bitch. No, but yes. <laughs> Just, I'm not a bitch. I like the song. Fuck off. Well, and I think I know why you, I think I know why you like the song. Why? Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. I thought it sounded like a, a sea shanty. 
it had that type of rhythm. It's got that. It's got a, it bounces a little. Yeah. Bit. yeah, it bounces a little bit. Yeah. Can't do anything wrong. I, I just don't like the title. Of anything, I don't like the title. Yeah. I like Shat's album. I'm so, country. Look, when I think of a title like Country Girl, I think of like like you know a farmer. Yeah, someone like singing this from a fucking tractor. Daisy Duke. He thinks of Daisy Duke because he's a fucking basic bitch. God damn it! It's, no. Yes. Next song. Are you sure? Please. Next song is called "Slipping Away." But yeah, this was a good one. This no, it's not. Yes, it was. It was good. It wasn't. It was, no, it was more than meh. No, it wasn't. Go ahead. I know why you didn't like it. My notes. Very Led Zeppelin-ish, especially the riff and the medley. Very bluesy. Melody, not medley. Melody, yes. I have okay. yes, melody. What? Where where are we at here? <laughs> yeah, this is um it sounds like a fucking Zeppelin song. Tony, Geezer, Vinny, Ronnie, you're better than this. No. The song fucking blows. It is buried deep on side two, so. Yeah, there's. It should have been fucking buried under a bog somewhere, in the Irish countryside. Even I wasn't that rude about these songs. I would. I, I am. Anything that fucking even remotely reminds me of Zeppelin can get fucked. What about Dread Zeppelin? No, and you know this is a actually Dio wrote this song about. He was plotting his exit from the band at the time. Mm. Oh really? Yep. Yep. Moving on. Right. Falling off the edge of the world. Another good one? Eh. So I don't know if I say it's good. He's already on the other side of that. I didn't mind it. I have weird intro. Did like the bass in this again, but I didn't like the guitar sound in this song. It's a no for me. Well, my my thoughts on this one are it's not a bad song, but... Dio's mystical bullshit is getting a little much at this point. Yes. Um, it doesn't, it works in the context of Rainbow and in the context of Dio. It didn't work this heavy handed with Black Sabbath. Mm. You know, every once in a while, okay, mm-hmm. but come on, man. And then the album closes out with, uh, you know, they, they, they they did they did well on the closer with over and over. Okay, I liked it as well. Again, I thought this was a decent song to to close out the album. Yeah, you know the last three songs weren't all my favorites, but I think I don't know I I, I don't know I just didn't really care for them as much as the rest of them. But I thought they were still great great songs, good songs, not great. Yeah, no. I mean they're decent songs. Uh, it's definitely a different vibe mm-hmm. than you know the Ozzy stuff. Oh yeah, but it's not bad. This whole this whole album could have been called Heaven and Hell Volume Two. It could have. Yeah. I mean, because it just seemed like a, just a straight up continuation of the of the first album. Which again, at, when we get to the next album, why? I mean, I got mm-hmm. no, no, no. I got. I can't believe that this is the Dio era. Yeah. I mean, when you sit when there are, there are people out there that piss and moan and argue the Ozzy era versus the Dio era. It's the two, Dio era was two albums. It was two albums. Yeah. yeah. I I always thought it was it must have been so much more, which 
I never realized until I did this whole thing. Yep, two records. And well, and and Dio came back later. Yeah, yeah for... but but like when you talk the Oz era versus the Dio era, the Dio era was two records. Tony Martin was in the band longer. Yeah. Yes, he was the second. And then no. Yeah, after this, wasn't he? No. Dio did his solo shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, what What's your thoughts on over and over, Jim? It's uh, dazed and confused, but shorter. No, it's way better than Dazed and Confused. And But it had kick-ass solo in that. And this is a song written... He wrote it from Earth's point of view. Like, how humans are fucking everything up. Oh. What What do you give the album, Bill? Overall, I think it'd be a, a good, like, solid, like, probably an eight. Okay. I guess, because it's, it's, it's not as good as Heaven and Hell, but it's mostly as good as. All right. Jim? Six. Six. I'm going to go eight. Six, man. Why went eight with heaven and hell? But six. I was well. It was a little. But six. It's not a bad album. Dirty bitch. <laughs> I figured with the two, or him thinking two of the songs sound like fucking Zeppelin. <laughs> yes, clown would have given it in a fourteen. Oh my god! It's like there's Zeppelin on this album. My guy is Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, fucking Ferdinand von Zeppelin. Maybe. It's not a. It's not a balloon. It's, it's an, an airship. <laughs> Balloons is for kitty minkies. Oh, fuck. Now, moving on. <laughs> Please, let's move on. Uh, we get to the 11th studio album, released on September 12th of 1983. This is the album Born Again. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This peaks at number 39 on the Billboard charts, and this is the first time that Black Sabbath does not have a release that is officially certified as at least gold in the United States. Yeah, and this really seems like the album that starts the rotating membership, too. Yes, yes. it does. I'm going to get into that in a minute. I, I know. it's just it. Uh... And that whole rotating membership nonsense comes about because now Black Sabbath is under new management. Mm-hmm. They are now managed by a guy named Don Arden. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about him in a bit. This album features one of my favorite singers ever. On vocals, Ian Gillen, formerly of Deep Purple. Okay. You want to see what this guy can really do? Look up a performance of Child in Time. Right. Or look up his performance as Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ Superstar. I'll post I'll post a uh I'll post a video up. You did for Yeah, for the thirty days challenge. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's Ian Gillen. Didn't sound like him on this album. That's all I got to say. All right. We have Tony Iommi, the only static member, Tony Iommi on guitar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Geezer Butler's back on, is still on bass at this point. Mm-hmm. And Bill Ward is back on drums. Mm-hmm. Bill's out of rehab. Mm-hmm. Now, this album was originally not conceived to be a Black Sabbath album. Correct. They thought they were getting together as like a, kind of a super group. Yes. Ah. And they didn't want to put it out under the name Black Sabbath, but Warner Brothers Records and Don Arden said, no, Mm -hmm. we need to capitalize on the name. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, let's get into this. Wait, can we discuss the album cover? Oh, the little devil baby. It was ranked the number two worst album cover of all time by Kerrang. I've seen worse than that. I've seen a lot worse. Right behind the uh, Scorpions Love Drive. With a sticky hand and a nipple. Oh. Nah. Nah. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot worse album covers than this. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, Doug. Ian Gillen is a top-notch singer. But we're going to kind of piss on that parade here in a minute. Um, opens up with a song called Trashed. That's a good song. Different style. Good song. This uh, Ian Ian wrote this about a fucking drunken night he had. Oh, well, yeah. And, no, it, the night he wrecked Ward's car. Yeah. Hmm? Well. And Ward's... <laughs> Look, I'll... When this fucking song starts, if you would have told me this was the guy from fucking Deep Purple singing this fucking shit, I would have said no fucking way. I just wrote down Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, this is is, Ian Gillen. uh, Yeah, you're right, Doug. Don Arden is a fucking douche. And so is his daughter, but we'll get into that (laughs) later, too. Um, It's it's about like Ian Gillen, like Jim said. Yeah. Trashing fucking Bill Ward's car the night that he decided to do this project, if I recall correctly. Oh, because it was at the recording studio. Okay, so it was after he he committed to the project. Yeah, because he committed to the project after a night at the pub. Hmm. Yes, that's right. Why did he loan him his car? I don't know if he loaned it to him or if he just took it. He just took it for a drove. I guess they were at some kind of compound. And he was like doing laps like inside the everything, and he. Fucking huh? hit something and fucking flipped the car over. Yep, got a not bad song out of it. Mm. Uh, <sighs> not a not a it, not a terrible song. Next, we have an instrumental called Stonehenge. <laughs> I love the Spinal Tap. It, I love Spin. I like Spinal it, Tap's it, version better. Yeah, but it just it just seemed like I mean you could hear. I know that the like the whole there's stories behind this was the exact opposite where the set was too damn big. I was gonna yes. say that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna bring that up. Uh, okay. For for those that don't know, if you've never seen the movie This Is Spinal Tap, the band has a song called Stonehenge, mm-hmm. and they wanted to do set pieces of Stonehenge. Well, Nigel Tufnell, the guitar player, draws this out on a napkin, okay? And he doesn't know the difference between one tick mark being for feet and one tick mark being for inches, so he puts 12 and then two tick marks. <laughs> right? So they make these miniature, miniature Stonehenge <laughs> yeah. pieces that are in danger of being crushed by dwarves. Yeah. Well, in the real world, the exact opposite thing <laughs> happened to Black Sabbath. Yes. They wanted to make these Stonehenge props, but they were made too big for any transport or venue that they were going to be in. Especially in the United States. Yeah. And didn't they also have, like, dwarves dancing on them as well or something? Yeah. I think I read in, like, the beginning they would have a dwarf, like, go and fall off the back and have, like, some kind of sound like he died yeah, or something was... like that. Yeah, the little people of Stonehenge. Yeah, just... But I, I, I have to write, uh, you know, I put, uh, thank God, um, this song was like a palate cleanser for my ears. I enjoyed it as what well, like what it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, Doug, you're not wrong. If you haven't seen this as Spinal Tap, we can't be friends. You uh, that is required viewing. <laughs> All right, now we move on to disturbing the priest. Go ahead, <clears throat> dear Lord, God awful wailing. It's a bad version of King Diamond. Good Lord. I mean, it's a good song. It's not terrible. His fucking singing is atrocious. 
I didn't think so. I thought it was it was. A- He's just fucking screaming. It's over the top. I gotta. I. I I'm not gonna go as far as calling it atrocious, but it's oh, it's a bit much. Oh, all right. I was gonna save that for later in the review, but you brought it up. Uh, supposedly, this is a true story. A vicar was complaining about the noise from them recording. Really? Yep. Keep it down. I'm trying to write the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made him Irish. I like it. <laughs> oh. I like it. Um, next, we have another instrumental, uh, our yeah. point, pointless noise. Lead in. The lead, dark. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a lead in to the next song. It was, but thank God it gave the, my years a break again. Zero yeah. the Hero. Yes. Love this fucking song. It's I'm, a. It's probably my favorite song. One of my. Uh, nah, I won't say it's my favorite. It's a very good song. It's it's my favorite on this album. And I think. But I think only because I also love the Cannibal Corpse version. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that Glenn. That Danzig stole the riff for her Black Wings. I thought it sounded familiar. Well, and you know what? I, I have, you know. You know, now somewhere on this album, they're getting somewhere musically. It, it, it's taken oh. it's taken shape. But once again, for some reason, his voice throughout the song, I, I, I couldn't get into it. The only but during the chorus, he changed how he sang. And I'm like, OK, this is the voice I remember. Yeah, it, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. This one was the first one that I was able to listen to and, and and listening listening to the lyrics and kind of digesting the lyrics i think this is a dig at ozzy oh but a bum i think i think this is kind of a dig at ozzy oh it's not it's it's not a bad song though zero the hero is to this point the best song on the album you're yes. correct yes next we move on to side b and the first dig of several that are going to come at Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> really? Digital Bitch. It was a good song, but not... Yeah. Well, now now, I, now he, he was getting back into his... How I knew his voice from Deep Purple. Yeah. In, in this song. This, I, I enjoyed this song. Yeah, this, is a, this, this might be my favorite song on the record. Okay. It, 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 this this is a it's a not so subtle dig at Sharon. Is that the reason it's your favorite song? <laughs> if a band if a band would release a song and they called "Fuck Sharon Osbourne," it would like would that be like you know, your ringtone and everything? It might be, <laughs> it might be, but yeah, she uh, and just like everything was digital. Digital was the big thing at this mm-hmm. point, and that's why they called it digital bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. She's the richest bitch in town. Uh, keep away from a digital bitch. Keep away from the digital yep, bitch. Yep, yep. She's so rich, the digital bitch. There you go, Doug. I'll give you one. Sharon! <laughs> All right. Next, we have the title track. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this song, Born Again. Yeah, it's another good one. I have nothing bad to say about it, but it's right there in the middle. Just, It's good. Yeah, I think this is a great song. Go ahead, Jim. I just have no... Okay. See, this this I think is about Ian Gillen reflecting on his career up to this point. Okay. Because uh, he he pissed away his gig with with uh, well I don't know if he pissed it away, um, but he was replaced in in Deep Purple by the guy who replaced him 
next on this tour. Jesus Christ. N- he never recorded with him. Oh. But he was he replaced him on the tour. He got kicked off the tour. Yes. Yeah, hang on. We'll get we'll get into Okay. Alright. It's not a bad song. I I I kind of dig Born Again. Now we go to Hotline. This is this is like reminded me of just great hair metal. Yes. Yes. This, this, <laughs> yeah. I got a big check mark right yeah. there. I really enjoyed this song. This it's not Black Sabbath, but it's you know a decent hair metal song. Yep. It's not a great song other than Geezer's bass playing. Mm-hmm. Was right. that it? That's all I got for that. Oh, because I had there's one more song. Keep it warm. Keep yes. it warm. That's about he and Gillen's girlfriend. Yeah, that's nasty. I kind of figured it was something like that. Yeah, telling her, you know, you know, don't yeah, have yeah. don't have anybody over, but keep it warm till I get home. Yeah, again, another good song, but nothing mm. to write home about. You're right. Yeah. It was, mm. All right. So, what are your notes on this? Well, the whole the uh, the song, or the whole album, the whole album. All right. Well, it was a good overall rock album. Uh, not anything really overly memorable though. Right. It wasn't like, you know, oh my God, you have to hear this album. If like, if you're going to thrust the Black Sabbath album in somebody's face, eh, this wouldn't be the one, but not, it's not a bad rock album. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's not terrible. Um, go ahead, Jim. Let's do yours. Ian tried too hard. I, 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 I won't disagree with that. Um, what I've got is uh, this album is a mess. Uh, it was not meant to be billed as Black Sabbath, but they were overruled by management and their label. They fell apart after the tour. Okay. Oh, uh, Ward. Ward started drinking again at while recording this, and he went into rehab, so he wasn't even on the tour. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correct. We'll get into that in the next record. Okay. Um. I love I love Black Sabbath and I love Ian Gillen, but not together. Mm. His shrieking is over the top. It's way too much for the context of what Black Sabbath does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you know, I, like I said, I love Ian Gillen's voice when he's doing Ian Gillen. What he was doing here, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he got into that mythical speaker box I mean, that we I, talked about. You, you'd have told me that this was the guy from Deep Purple. I had a fucking no fucking way. All right. And my final thought on this. And you remember you saying about Iomi, like noticing Iomi's guitar, uh, guitar solos. Yes. In the last couple of records. Yes. The production on this is schizophrenic. The mix sucks. It's horrible. The guitar solos are way too upfront in the mix, and Tony Omi's guitar solo, guitar tone is absolute shit on this record. It sounds like it sounds like he took not one of his good SGs, but like an ep, a, a fucking hundred and ninety nine dollar Epiphone <laughs> SG, plugged it into a Proco Rat distortion Jesus. pedal and a Gorilla amp, and that's his fucking guitar tone on the solos. It's horrible. I fucking I, it, it's I like I was skipping the solos. Really? Yes. I couldn't fucking do it. Oh boy. They're they're, they're way 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 mm. too far up in the mix. Now, it sounds like there's two separate producers that did this album. 
Okay. You had one competent producer that produced Ian Gillen's vocals and Geezer Butler's bass. And if you listen to the lo-fi quality of Tony's guitar and Bill Ward's drums, it's like some fucking black metal joker produced (laughs) the guitar and the bass or the guitar and the drums. The drums sound like ass. The guitar sounds like ass. And it the the mix is fucking awful. Doug gives this album a four. Mm. What about you, Bill? As a Black Sabbath album, I can agree with a four. As a, just a rock album, like a six. Okay. Two. All right. And that's being generous. I don't, look, I'm not going to jump over the table and, and kiss you or smack you for anything you say. Why not? So go right ahead. Come that, on. No, that's my department. Whoa. <laughs> um... The kiss that oh look out! I give it I give it a six. Um, there's some bright spots on it, but there's some absolute fucking drivel on this. Oh. Album. Oh. All right, let, let let's move on. I can't do that one anymore. <laughs> yeah, Doug, you're right. He was not a good fit for Black Sabbath. Now we how move did, on. Go ahead. How did he get kicked out of the tour? No, uh, no, he did. I was wrong. He did complete the tour. Oh, okay. But this next guy. Didn't. Okay, the singer for the next album. Okay, we let's get let's uh, get into the particulars here. Seventh Star. It was released. It was their twelfth album, released on January twenty eighth, nineteen eighty six. Peaks at number eighteen on Billboard, and once again is not certified. This was once again not supposed to be a Black Sabbath record. Right, I read. This that. was supposed to be a Tony Iommi solo record. Yes, but. If you look at the cover, it says now Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. Yeah, yeah. that was weird, and the and the album name was like hidden at the bottom. They needed, and it had a big picture of Tony Iommi. Yes, and it was like no artwork of what a seven star is. Right. It 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 it's just not a good record. Uh, not not a good record cover, I should say. No, it's just, you talk about worst record covers. This is one of them. Um, once again, the label shot him down and Don Arden shot him down. We need to call this up. We need to call this a Black Sabbath record. I, I, I don't know if that's Don Arden's voice, but I know he's British. Tony Iommi on guitar. On lead vocals, we have the guy, uh, uh, the guy who later took over, who actually before this had taken over the vocal duties of Deep Purple, Glenn Hughes. Okay. He came in after David Coverdale. Okay. It went Ian Gillen, David Coverdale, then Glenn Hughes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And by this time, Blackmore's long gone. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Dave Spitz on the bass. Mm-hmm. And Eric Singer on drums. Okay. Who's been in every band. Eric Singer's one of the best fucking drummers in rock and roll. He's now wearing Peter Chris's makeup and Kiss. I was going to say, I thought he was... And and for the first time, we have credited as a member of the band, we have Jeff Nichols on keyboards. Okay. The song starts off, or the the album starts off with In For The Kill. Yep, good. It's actually my favorite song on the album, and it's like just catchy 80s rock. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, Not bad, not good, pretty generic 80s, mid-80s metal is what I put. Yeah, that's... 
I have good song, great solo, and yeah, you're right. You know, just standard '80s hard yeah. rock. Yeah. Um, uh, you said about Glenn Hughes. I uh, you asked about Glenn Hughes getting fired, right, from the band? Yes. Before we go on, he got fired five dates into the tour. The fuck did he do? I don't know, but he got fired five dates into the tour and was replaced by a guy named Ray Gillen, not. G I L L A N, like right, Ian right, 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 right. G I L L E N. Wow, that, that had a. Who was introduced to him by Eric Singer? Wow. Who was introduced to him yeah, by yeah. Eric Singer? Yeah. But yeah, so that that's where we got, where we're at on this tour. Second song, we have No Stranger to Love. Yeah, power ballad. Yeah. Might, might be. One of, the most, one of the first power ballads ever made. Who knows? Well, the thing is, Black Sabbath does really good ballads. Sometimes, but this one, to me, wasn't one of them. I, I like it. I, I put 80s B-movie background music. Okay, you can be wrong. Look at the middle of my list. Hang on. <laughs> what am I looking at? The middle of the list. Above or below the fold? No, below, man. Seven star. No, yeah. Look in the middle. Uh, put it as the notes. Jesus Christ! I know. It's like it's like it's like watching a monkey fuck a football. I can't read his fucking writing. No wonder you can't fucking read. Well, good. It'll be. A what did it say? No, it'll be a surprise now. Go fuck yourself. Okay. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! I hate you people. <laughs> Next, we have Turn to Stone. This one was just okay. Yeah, it, it, it's it's. A twist on the tale of Medusa about how looks can be a fucking oh. looks can be a killer. All right. I, I did once again it's it's good song. You know, once again eighties eighties shit, but the riffs in there I really enjoyed the riffs in this song. What do you mean eighties shit? Eighties eighties B movie shit. Doug says uh he probably pounded Sharon to get kicked off the tour. Nah, Sharon was oh. already no Sharon and Ozzy were already married by this point, but she did bang Randy Rhodes, or at least she claims she did. Mm-hmm. Randy's not here to substantiate that or, uh, or deny it. <laughs> but you know, he she she claims to have banged Randy Rhodes, banged Randy oh. on to, while they were on tour. But I hope not. I hope Randy. I hope Randy knew better. Anyway, or at least put a pillow over her face or something. So fuck, put a flag because over that, her face and fuck her for well, your country. Well, that you know, I mean, because. Because that high-pitched voice could, like, break the fucking bus window. Oh, Randy! Oh, Randy, right there! <sighs> Visual I can't get out of my Fucking two-bagger, that one. with you? The fucking two-bagger. Anyway. Now we have uh, Atmospherics for the fuck of it mm-hmm. in Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Another instrumental, just, okay. It's not even a proper fucking instrumental. Nope. It's, just... it's atmospherics for the sake of atmosphere. Yes. All right, don't yell at me. I didn't write the fucking thing. Christ. If you no. would have, I'd have punched you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we get into Seventh Star. All right, and this is where Jim could read that. This is movie background rock. Yeah, you're not wrong. I have the same thing written for this one. Yeah. This is just something you'd hear in like a movie at some point. What? Alistair says I'm a fart muncher. But Wait. now here's the thing, Alistair doesn't have a profile his on his own of his own, and I'm not gonna put out his name. Okay. Because I'll I'll tell you why after. I, the, well, after I the understand show. why, but it's like yeah. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> anyway, moving on. A seven star is not a. It's it's generic. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Yes. Speaking of generic, let's move on to side B. Um, Danger Zone. Same, more same, same as the thing. It was the it, exact same thing. It was it, like I got a, like a Dawkins vibe off of this song. Yeah, it's more generic '80s metal. Did have a nice yeah. solo in it though. Yeah, and the but the mix still sucks. Yeah, shouldn't have called shouldn't have called it Danger Zone though. Should have named it. Was this no? Was there, maybe it's a later album that I think there was a couple songs that they had to change because Ozzy had released songs with the same name. I don't know. I don't think this was this one. I yeah. don't know. It wasn't. Maybe I don't know. No, yeah. This <sighs> more mid. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mid, number seven, we have Heart Like a Wheel. Cool bluesy feel, but it's not Sabbath. Yeah, it was just, I, yeah. I, I, I have, uh, sounds like uh, Iomi's playing Lucille, Lucille. Yeah. Very, very bluesy. And, and they're, they're, they all come from blues and jazz backgrounds. Yeah. So, okay, I, I get it. But it's not fucking Sabbath. It was the 80s. Once again, they were, they were... but once again, this is why it should have been an Iomi Solo record. Right. But money talks. Right. And if it was an Iomi solo record, you'd say, oh, this is pretty good. But because it's Sabbath, you go, fuck. Well, yeah, because you are you're you have an idea of what Sabbath should be, and this ain't it. Correct. Yeah. You're not wrong. All right. Uh, Angry Heart na- is next. More generic. Yes. Yep. Mid-80s. Same thing. Metal. Yep. Yep. Just, they, they, they phoned it in. Yeah, they did. Um and now we have the last song on the record, and this was actually this actually is a really cool, uh, not cool, but a touching story about the the origins of the song. Uh, Jeff Nichols, who plays keys on the album, wrote this song about his mom passing away. Well, I'm gonna feel bad. I'm not. I just wrote it's a power ballad. And I, yeah, you know. it's not bad. In memory is not a bad song. I just put yucky ballad. It's not terrible. Um, and like I said before, Glenn Hughes, like the interesting thing about this record is Glenn Hughes also sang for Deep Purple, kind of like Ian Gillen. Yeah. And he's a poor man's Ian Gillen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, this is another album I'm going to go with six. Mm. And that's being generous. I... I like this one even less than I liked Born Again as a Sabbath album. It was, again, this was like typical 80s fluff and there was just not much to it. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, it's just, okay, it's it's an album. You know, yeah. co- collect it if you're a completist, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. What? So what's your rating? Eh, maybe a five, maybe, I don't know. Just I'll go with a five as yeah. well. Okay. All right. Oh, that one goes in the shit can. You normally just leave your stuff for me to pick up. I do not. You do? Sorry? <laughs> I think I'm the only one who either takes my shit with or throws it out. Well, maybe if I knew where the freaking the garbage cans were around here, they're not very well labeled. We have buckets to pick out movies, <laughs> buckets to pick out albums. Anytime one's a trash bucket. I don't fucking know. It's a proper trash can, you twat waffle. There's no need to be rude. Yes, there is. You make this. You make it so easy. Let's move on to the thirteenth so a thirteenth studio album, shall we? Mm-hmm. 
The Eternal Idol. This was released on November 23rd of 1987. Peaks at number 186 on the Billboard charts. Mm. The fall has been quick. Mm-hmm. Tony Iommi on guitar. Bob Daisley on bass. And Bob Daisley also wrote most of the lyrics to this album. Okay. Bob Daisley also was the actual bassist on the first two Ozzy records. Okay. The original rhythm section of Ozzy's first two solo records was Bob Daisley on bass and Lee Kerslake on drums. All right. On the back of Blizzard of Oz, Kerslake and Daisley are credited. On Diary of a Madman, it's credited to Tommy Aldridge and Rudy Sarzo. Even though they didn't play on the record. They had been fired by the time the record was released. Mm. So they fucking... Wow. Oh, they sued for years to try and get royalties. Hell yeah. Because Sharon's a twat. And this is what a twat Sharon Osbourne is. She had the drums and bass re-recorded on those two albums. So they don't get any more royalties from sales. Are you shitting me? Nope. So they sued to get royalties, one, and then years later, when they wanted to re-release it or something, they re-recorded with different... Different musicians. Wow. Yep. That's that's a, that's a cunt move. Mm-hmm. That's Sharon. Wow. Yeah, if you look... Because... Uh, uh, the biggest one was Lee Kerslake. Like, he was dying. And he was broke. And, you know, so he, he... Like, this lawsuit fucking bankrupted him. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, uh, just before he before he passed away, I think it was, as a show of good faith, uh, you know, a show of, like, burying the hatchet, Ozzy gave him a fucking uh, platinum album. You know what I find funny about those albums that they have that are like paid in gold and platinum and all that? Yeah. They've actually, people have actually taken them out and played them. They're just random albums that were just stuck in there. They're not the album. Well, yeah. Well, no. Shouldn't you think it should be the album that was recorded? It's not like Diary of a Madman. It may not be the Diary of a Madman album. It just may have the Diary of a Madman sticker on it. Correct. I. Think they just press platinum discs? No, no, they 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 they're platinum coated or gold coated actual records. Yeah, there's a bunch of YouTubers that that bought some at like, uh, um, like Salvation Armies or wherever you know, like thrift stops and shit. Broke them open and then listened to them. Yeah, and it wasn't even the record that's listed. No, they they're and they're like random ass albums. Yeah, they're just well, yeah, they're and but they're a lot of times they're random from the same. Mm. Publishing house? Yeah. But it's shit they just had in a warehouse. Oh, my God. And spray painted it, threw it in the case. Yep. Because you can't electroplate vinyl. Yeah. No. (laughs) Uh, And do you know what it would cost to do a full LP-sized album in fucking gold or platinum? Well, that's why I thought they were worth money. (laughs) I mean, you get a platinum record, that should fucking... They are worth money. They're a collectible... 
if they're a legit, if they're one of the legit ones that are given out by the RIAA. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean, I'm I sh- thought they were pressed. Yeah, you could metal. Seriously, yeah, you you probably could fake one just to put it on your wall. Do you ever see CB four? No. Oh, you got to see it. There's a scene in there. Yeah. About <laughs> this. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Jeff Nichols is back on keyboards. Eric Singer's back on drums. He leaves the band before the tour, though. Okay. Okay. And this is the first album with Tony Martin on vocals. All right. Leads off with a song called The Shining. Yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. It's okay. It's decent. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. But, you know, standard shit. Yes. All right. Not bad. I, I, I kind of dug it. It's not bad. Is it about the shining? Like, the, yeah, the way I was yeah. listening to it. Yeah, yeah it's it's about uh, it's it's taken from the book. Yeah, or taken. See, there are those bands that write stuff off of Stephen King books. Bunch of hacks. You asshole! <laughs> 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 Fucking Anthrax made a life, made a career out of that. <laughs> it wasn't for comic books and Stephen King novels. Oh God! <laughs> and The Walking Dead now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fight them till you can't. Yep. Um, next we have a song called Ancient Woman. Woman? Or Ancient Warrior, rather. Okay, thank God. I thought my writing had gone completely off the deep end. No, it's, I had, I used, I used a smaller font. My eyes are bad. <laughs> oh, I just thought you can't type. Again, another one just follows it. Eh. I think this is about Jeebus. But he's not a woman. Warrior! <laughs> oh. My ear crackled. <laughs> I don't have the hair anymore to muffle that. I have 80s cheese. That just a cheese. I don't even song. have that much on it. It's just, uh, this is just, uh, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Next, we got Hard Life to Love. Yeah. This whole album is just a, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna have much good to say about it, really. It, it's, it's, it's not a bad song. It's about life on, uh, life in a band. And, and I have, you know, it, this song has a nice riff, but it's still B movie sound. Yeah, yeah, it's it it's it is it's not classic Sabbath, that's for sure. Mm-mm. Um, next song is Glory. Ho- I mean, Glory Ride. <laughs> See, I knew he was gonna. No, yes. and it's so funny. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, I bet Eric's gonna say that. I knew he was going to say that. He what? Can't, you can't ever have the word glory anywhere without him. <laughs> glory, 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 hole. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> What's wrong with a glory hole? Nothing. Nothing? As long as you're there's on the outside. Lot, there's a lot wrong with it, man. Just... No. But anyway, glory ride. This is about the RAF in World War II. Okay. Uh, go, you know, taking on the Luftwaffe. I kind of thought that, yes. Okay. This was a good song. I enjoyed this song. I, I, I dug this song, too. So far, my favorite one on the record. Okay. That, that would be correct. Same that's here. not saying much. It's like being the nicest guy in prison. It's yeah. Doesn't it's, fucking it's, mean much. Yeah. Next, we have Born to Lose. Yeah, I was hoping for more from the title. I was hoping for I was hoping for an appearance from Lemmy. I know. I mean, I, <laughs> here's some of these titles there. It's like, uh, this is not there. It's, it's, not, it's not a terrible song. I have, you know, it's they're not terrible, but it's like they're not even, it's, but they're yeah, not, it's, hmm. it's all the same. But this, I thought, had a more bluesy feel to it. The riff that he had, yeah. It, it, yeah. Next, we have a song called Nightmare. This is a cool song, 
It is. It was. It was. Mm. Uh, I have down. It was a slow burn. Like it started slow, but then the finish was so strong. Yeah. It was. That was Sabbath again. You know this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, again, this is just along the same lines. It's okay. Yeah. It's. I. I dug this song. And uh, this actually was originally written for the Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh, oh wow. Yep. Uh, sadly, it didn't get used. They used some fucking bullshit <laughs> docking song. <laughs> Dream Warriors. Most docking songs are bullshit. Yeah, I'm yep. not going to argue. Yeah. And it, it sucks because George Lynch is such a great fucking guitar player. No, I could never get into docking. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a big docking fan. I'm not a big docking guy. Um, next we have an instrumental called Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah, I, I list it as an instrumental. <laughs> yeah, it's. Just, it's uh, I, I, what about a, a Scarlet Pimp? No, no, man. Pimpernel, a Pimpernel. What about a, a word no one uses anymore? What about a pimp named Upgrade? What the hell is a Pimpernel? I think it's a small pumpernickel. He asked. He asked. Pimple on your nail. No, there, there's no there. There's the episode title. What the fuck is a pump? Is a pimpernel? It's a it's a highwayman, a man of the highway. Is that what it is? A highwayman? May, maybe. I mean, Robin Hood had Will Scarlet. He might have been a pimpernel. I don't fucking know. Well, then don't you're, gotta, you're gotta look it up. What a pimpernel is. I'm oh. gonna look it up, Doug. Look up what a pimpernel is and put that and put that in the chat. Yeah, uh, just don't get banned if whatever it is, if it's a man of the night or something. Next, we have Lost Forever. This is about a condemned man trying to talk his way out of his sentence. If there's any, this was the favorite on the album, and it's the heaviest on the album. Yeah, it's not a bad tune. That's... I have yes, yes, yes. All right. I, I enjoyed it. Yes, I, I enjoyed it. It's a very song. good song. I, I wish the whole album would have been like this. But yes. I know. But this is a good lead. In. It's a good way to end the record, and we'll get. I'll expand on this in a minute. We have one more song, "Eternal Idol." This is a classic Sabbath riff. Oh. Okay. This is uh, this song that like the riff just screams classic Sabbath to me. It's cool, creepy vibe. I dug this song. The last two songs for me, made this record palpable. Pal- palatable, yeah. Palpable is you know. can feel it. Yeah. Palatable. Palatable. Pulpable. Pulp fiction? Pimpernel. I thought this was a long-ass plotting exit. It wasn't. It wasn't. I've heard worse. Don't look at me like you're surprised. I know. I, I got a wailing dirge. <laughs> a wailing dirge. There's a lot of wailing in this song, and it did. It was just like a... Dominus and In this damn album already. All right. So I, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give the, I literally probably a five. This is an overall dull album. It, okay. was, it was just dull. All right. I'll go five as well with this one. I'll be a little more generous. I'm going seven. Ooh. I don't understand your rating oh, system. Boy. You just, you, I don't get it. I just don't. There is stuff on here I like, you douche. Why you got to end it with the douche? You don't have to add, enter it. It's, just, just, uh, it's not ending. We're still talking, We're still, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. 
We still got more? No, no. He ends his sentences. He can't just say, I really enjoyed it. Okay, and that's a period. End of sentence. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Comma, you dick. I mean, it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's what I do. I don't, can't you just for once, just once be nice? No. Okay, I tried. <laughs> no. I can't. It's not fucking possible. All right. <sighs> let's go on. 14th studio album. Headless Cross. This was released on April 24th of 1989. Now, this is the first album from the Tony Martin era that you cannot find mm-hmm. on Spotify. Yeah. Because at this point, they've been dropped by Warner Brothers Records. Really? They've been dropped by Warner Brothers Records after 18 years. And now they're on IRS Records at this point. Okay. And I guess the legal battle has finally ended and Headless Cross and Tear and the rest of the Tony Martin era Mm -hmm. Sabbath stuff is going to get a proper digital release. So IRS was saying, fuck no. The label was saying, fuck no. Well, IRS is defunct. Okay. So here is defunct. We want defunct. Um there was a, there's been an ongoing legal battle for who controls these albums. Okay. So if they go defunct, we are defunct. Does somebody buy them? Or? So, yep, it was sold off as an asset, I I guess. Huh. To some jabroni. Probably. And and Tony Iommi should have fucking taken a page from Cheeky Baby's book, break his back and make him humble. Yes. You fucking jabroni. I like that you brought Jabroni in. <laughs> you get the clap. There we go. All right. I got the clap. I got to go to the doctor. This peaks at number 115 on Billboard. Once again, Tony Martin is on vocals. Tony Iommi on guitar. Jeff Nichols on keyboards. The great Cozy Powell on drums. Okay. Where's he from? Co- everywhere. Cozy Powell has played with everybody. Okay. And he's another fantastic drummer. And we have a guy named Lawrence Cottle on bass who came in on the on the Eternal Idol tour. Jesus Christ. What happened to the other bassist? He he left. Just boop, up and gone. Um him and the drummer uh, uh well Bob Daisley and Eric Singer Went and joined Gary Moore's band after that. That's right. I did. They they joined Gary Moore's band. What was that one called? Gary Moore. Terrible name. Yeah, well, when you're that good of a guitar player, you can do it. Anyway. We have a special guest on this this album, too, Mm -hmm. but we'll get to it. uh, We'll get to it when we get to the song. The f- it opens up with a really, really creepy atmospheric piece called The Gates of Hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a perfect lead-in to the title track, mm-hmm. Headless Cross. Yeah, this was a good return to form. It actually sounded like a song that should be on the Black Sabbath album. This song is absolutely fucking brilliant. Yes. I have uh, a good all-around big improvement back to Sabbath and... The fucking awesome solos are back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the production's still kind of fucking 
shitty on uh, Iomi's solos. They're still a little way too far up in the mix for my taste. Mm. But it's not as bad as it was on Seventh on uh, uh, Born Again. Yeah. This song is about a village, in, about a medieval village in England. It's actually a true story. There was a village called Headless Cross. And the plague wiped out the entire village. Oh, dear Lord. Look through the people and onto the mist to the hill of the Headless Cross, where all witches meet on a night such as this, and the power of darkness is host. You come face to face, eye to eye, soul to soul, with an angel that fell from the sky. Who, uh, who wrote the lyrics to most of these songs in this album? Tony Martin. Okay. Tony Martin. I fucking can't say enough good things about this song. Anyway, moving on. Another great song, Devil and Daughter. Absolutely. This is a good song. Yep. Fucking great song. And this is one of the ones that had to be renamed. It was originally called Devil's Daughter. Right. And they renamed it because Ozzy had released that on No Rest for the Wicked. Yep, Devil's Daughter. And you know the funny thing about this? Allegedly, it's about Don and Sharon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is he still their manager? No. Okay. No. When Don, they... Don Arden's been dead for years. Okay. Don Arden has been dead for years. Sharon, um, like, she only reconciled with her father, like, a year or two before he fucking died. Yeah, she's been emotionally dead for years. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> true. But, yeah, her and her, her, and her father were estranged for years because of the turmoil between Sabbath and Ozzy. Yeah. And the fact that she's a fucking cunt. Sorry. That's okay. No, not really. I, I said what I said. Yeah. And Wa- Ozzy Wargo, doing- Wargo, get on the dictionary, man. Pimpernel. What is a Pimpernel? He what might- are you doing? Leave are you off. sitting on your goddamn thumb? He might be working. Let a play be. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh, the next song, When Death Calls. This is a great fucking song. Yep. And the first guitar solo is our guest appearance. Mm-hmm. Brian May of Queen. Yep. I, I didn't care for the song. I thought it was just long and eh. Oh, I love the fucking crazy guitars in this song. All right. Yeah. This is about Satan taking your soul. It's funny you would see Brian May on a on a Sabbath record, you know. Well, him and Iomi are friends. Him, him and Iomi have been yeah, friends again, for years. I mean, I think Brian May he had a lot of those supernatural kind of. Well, the dude has a PhD in astrophysics. That's right, because I know he yeah, did yeah. a lot of that that weird shit. It was just 70s. yeah, he's into a lot of the metaphysical. All stuff. those seventies people did all that weird shit. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have. I think this would have fit well on a classic Sabbath record. And I actually would I would have liked to have heard Ozzy's take on the vocals. Oh of this. boy. Yeah. Sip sip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Track five. Killing the spirit world. The verses are kind of lame, but the chorus is cool. Yeah, was it okay? Yeah. My the, overall at the end, my overall will say why I think everything's just okay with this. I kinda I kinda like a little 80s pop sound in this song a couple of in times. In the verses, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the verses, the verses are fucking yep. weak. But the choruses are kick-ass. Call of the Wild is next. Yeah, this is the second one that had to be renamed. It was originally called Hero. Yeah. Because Ozzy had a song called Hero. 
Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. Yep. Yeah, they is don't there, rename, is there a they don't spy rename, somewhere. They don't rename Danger Zone, you know, and uh, Born to Lose, <laughs> and like all these other songs that have a but 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 Devil's Daughter and Hero because it had to do with Ozzy because Ozzy already released songs with those names. I mean, that's that's what, what about fucking Danger Zone? But exactly. Well, I don't think anybody could care about Kenny Loggins at the time, but but that's how when I, if Ozzy gets that news. I mean, it's like, I live rent-free. Yeah, pretty much. All right, hang on. Ah. Doug says, Pimpernel, noun. One, a a small wild plant with red flowers in the center. Two, a premium brand of cork-backed placemats, coasters, trays. Now, a scarlet Pimpernel is any daring hero who smuggled these, those in danger to a safe haven in another country. I am working. LOL. You're welcome, Bill. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, so he's a smuggler. He's a smuggler. A smug- no, that's human trafficking. Hey, a smuggler. Well, no, he's taking them out of a bad place and taking them to a good place. Allegedly. Yeah, that's that. that doesn't mean. Come on, now, if if any, it doesn't. We're look, arguing fucking semantics about human yeah. trafficking. Yeah, if, if you're taking someone from Jersey to Pennsylvania to the trunk of your car, you are technically taking them to a better place. Yes, but you can't be doing that. <laughs> But when the, when the coyotes bring the freaking say coyotes when the coyotes bring them across the border, you know, into El Paso, you're bringing them to a better place, but it's still trafficking. It's yeah. illegal. Yeah, I mean, then they get it's like, are you guilty? Not guilty. Why? Because I'm a goddamn pimpernel, scarlet pimpernel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I didn't get that out of What that. is the fucking... Oh. And it was a fucking instrumental. What the fuck? We had Den- no- was with Dennis... Oh, the Wild. Wild. No, because they, they talked him during it. Yeah. The Scarlet Pimpernel? That was the last record. Man, don't... I know. <laughs> you fucking dopes. What we're talking about? What do you mean dopes? I wasn't part of that. Yeah, you were. Doug brought it up. You... You <laughs> asked him to do it. <laughs> oh. Dear God. My fucking head hurts. <sighs> anyway, Black uh, Call of the Wild. There it's more go. more stock verses with a mm-hmm. with uh, with a pretty cool chorus. Yep. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Yeah. Same. I, yeah. Same. I just have bland rock. Yeah. Next, we have Black Moon. This was actually on the side of good. Yeah. Yep. This, this is about the devil stalking you. Hmm. It's a cool song. I like I like this one. It's one of my favorites on the record. Really? Yeah. I think this thing kind of had like generic riffs, but it did oh, have yeah, the whole did have a nice yeah. solo on it. It wasn't a bad song, but right. And the next one is just, it's kind of fucking weird. Nightwing, the fi- the which is the final song on the record. Uh-huh. Nightwing's kind of fucking weird. Um, I I have no idea what the hell he's singing about. I think he's singing about a dragon. I don't know. I don't know. Could it be about about Batman's sidekick Robin when he got older? I I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was a dragon because it's talking about Sir Jake Prey at night. You oh. know, he rules the skies. Blah so, blah blah. So you love. So it. does an owl. So, I thought of an owl too. So did Robin. But but when everyone has to beware, that's why I thought dragon. Hmm. I don't know. I am the fear that flaps in the night. What's Doug saying now? Uh, I think it was more during wartime, like asylum seekers during wartime. Possibly, but it's still human trafficking. <laughs> you asked ask delivered. Yes. Doug, you... Oh, d- you asked delivered. 
I would like a beer, please. <sighs> oh. All right. I, I love the intro to this song. Yes. The fretless bass work was fucking fantastic. Lawrence Cottle was a, is a very mm. underrated bass player. There was another song that I had on my list. I'm not sure where it read. Cloak and Dagger. Okay, that was on a that picture was on, disc. That was a picture disc yeah. only release. So I said I, I at that point I said I said I'm ready to tap out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I. What 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 do you give the album? The, well, the whole album as a whole, prop, it reminded me of uh, standard metal at the time, like Winger and Firehouse and all that. Firehouse. Oh. Yeah, it, that's, but that style—that's what it reminds. Not even not the good hair metal, the shit hair metal. <laughs> you know, so I'll give it a standard six-ish. Okay. It was better than the last record. I'm gonna give it a six because I think I give the last one a five. I'm gonna give this album an eight, and I'll tell you why. This is my hot take for the day. Tony Martin is my favorite Black Sabbath singer, not named Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. And Tony Tony's work on this is fucking stellar. And the the whole album is like this is a return to form for Sabbath. Oh yeah, sound in, in a lot of in a lot of ways. I the of up to this point, other than the uh, other than the Ozzy stuff, this. Is prob this is probably my second favorite non Ozzy Sabbath record. Okay, the only one I would put above it is probably Heaven and Hell. Yes, which is just a fen- a phenomenal record. Uh, Doug says he's not a waitress, Bill. And he says he does paperwork so he can watch the show. All right, I, I thanks, have, Doug. I appreciate that. I have, what for doing the paperwork? No, for yeah, so he can watch the show. All right. I got. I, I can't be snarky to Doug. He's too nice. Yeah, whoop your fucking ass. No, he ain't gotta whoop nobody's ass. But he's not. Come on now. <laughs> oh I'll, lordy, lordy! I'll take out his kazoo. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck! I I, I I dig this record. Um, I I am a huge fan of what Tony Martin did. <laughs> Doug says, "Fire boss. <laughs> Love of a lifetime now, once." <laughs> <laughs> now listen to me, baby. Take me to. Oh God! Take me to Craigsies. <laughs> Fuck you! Um. Now you got me thinking that. Sorry, I'm sorry. I hate you. Um, that was that was a bit more of a slag than the first week was. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yes, it was. That's why at this point I can't believe anybody ever has an Ozzy versus Dio argument. There's no argument. Dio was wasn't there for that many, right? This was a this was a bad period for Black Sabbath. It was. Uh, Doug says that Tony Martin brought, brought Sabbath back on track. Mm. In a lot of ways, he did. Um, it, it, I'm not. I'm not mad at this album. I really am not. No, I'm not either. Um, I hope damn. it's a good lead in for next week. Oh, it is. Uh, the first album for next week. Let's talk about what we got to do next week first. Um, next week we're going to conclude our Black Sabbath retrospective. And this one's going to be easy. It's only five albums. Okay. Tear, which is not available on Spotify. You'll have to watch it on YouTube. Damn it. 
Okay, you'll have to do that one on YouTube. It's not. It's an IRS Tony Martin. And Doug says, don't mess with the kazoo. Especially your electric one, Doug. He, he <laughs> capitalized that, so I think he thinks it's euphemism. <laughs> if you want to mess with that kazoo, you got issues. I'm messing with that kazoo. All right. <laughs> and after tier, we get the uh, return of Ronnie James Dio with Dehumanizer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then there's Cross Purposes, which I think is another Tony Martin record. All right. I th- I, I'm not sure. Tony Martin may have been back at that point. Uh, Forbidden and their final record, 13. Right. Doug says, throw the horse over the fence some hay. Not once. Not once. Go on ahead, back up. Make the light out. Throw Papa down the stairs his hat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the game plan for next week. Hey. Tear dehumanizer, cross purposes, forbidden, and 13. Now... Since we got a little bit of time. I have a question. Was there an LP with Ozzy on it? 13. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 13 has Ozzy on it. All right. Uh, hang on. Let me get that. While you're doing that, I actually did find a couple lists, but I hesitated to bring them because I was trying to get the best one, the top 10 like bass riffs uh-huh. in music. Uh-huh. But nobody can seem to agree on 10 there's a few that just kept popping up over and over again on the list. Uh-huh. But I couldn't consolidate something where it was a solid 10 that could be agreed on. What were some of the ones that popped up on the... Uh... All, all the time? Yeah. Give it away now? No. By the... <laughs> <laughs> See? And this is why I didn't do it, because it would have been a ton of no from him. Like, <sighs> uh, stuff from uh, Sly and the Family Stone. I'll agree there. Um, It was... um. Something about a fish or something, I don't know. I forget the name of the song. John the Fisherman? No, no, no. It was it was like forget about. Thank you for letting me be myself. Okay. Yeah, that one that one popped up a, a whole hell of a lot. I'm trying to remember some of the other ones too because it was there was very few that kept, you know, on the on the same. So I was like, well, I can't. Oh, another one bites the dust. Simple but iconic. Well, yeah, yeah the, and these those were the, like the few that just kept appearing on all the lists. But they were like all over the place, and I was like, "He's he's gonna piss on one of the other lists," you know. And I went to so many different sites. Apparently, there's too much bass. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you can never have too much bass. Mm, true. It's all about the bass. No trouble. <laughs> That's about an ass. Yeah. That's... Oh boy. But just so you know, I, I was thinking of you. All right, thank you. Um, you know what? If if you if you want to. Take a stab at putting together, you know, ten iconic bass grooves. Yeah, do do it. And I, I promise I won't shit on your. Yes, you too will. Much. Oh, you'll shit on it. I know you will because no, I I will look at it objectively. <laughs> I will look at it objectively. What site do you usually go for your list? I get a lot of this shit from Yard Barker. There you go, Yard Barker. So I'm go- not going to Yard Barker. Why? Because if you Google top ten bass lines. Like hundreds of sites come up, and Yard Barker wasn't one of them. Right. Mm. That's, uh, I mean, speaking of Yard Barker, I do got a list from them. It's okay. been sitting here for weeks. Oh, boy. We haven't been able to do it because we've been keeping the show busy. I thought he was going to say tight. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's. The 20 greatest hair metal bands of all time from yardbarker.com. Oh. 
You don't like hair metal? Well, no, no, no. Be honest, because I, I know say you're that. more of a grunge person. Well, I grew up. My fucking first concert was Poison. I know, but I'm. I don't think I grew up shit. We're one year apart. You didn't grow up like fucking years away from me. We were right there. Yes. So don't sit there as like, do you like hair metal? I don't know. What's hair metal? I didn't say that. You never had long hair. You oh don't my know God. what it's like. Yeah, you you don't know the struggle. Okay. Having to get your mama's aqua net when you go. <laughs> I had my own. Yeah, I used my mom's. The red can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty then. And and Dr. Pepper light was the same color as Aquanet Superhold, but I always, Don't. I always thought that was Aquanet Light. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number 20. Oh. We got to get into this. Number 20, uh, an underrated band and kind of a one-hit wonder. Enough's enough. Love them. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't... I would personally, I'd be hard pressed to put them on a top twenty. I know you would. They're but not enough's enough's pretty cool. They are pretty cool. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, but I would be hard pressed to put and them. They, on and a top they had 20. two hits: "Fly okay. High," Michelle, and the real thing. Okay. Next, I don't know if I would really classify them as hair metal. Uh, Yard Barker's kind of all over the place on this list. Oh boy. Wasp. Oh yeah, definitely. They were in the LA scene. That was hair metal. Yeah, but they're kind of more on the metal side. Yeah, but they they were in the L.A. scene. They Just because they had a lot of theatricals doesn't mean they weren't. And plus, if you listen to, if you take the theatrics out of it, listen to the music. It's, yeah, he- it's he- all about sex and, and partying. But it's heavier. It's, yeah, it is a lot yeah. heavier. But it's still about sex and partying. Poison blind never- in Texas. I was about to say, Poison never wrote no shit like Blind in Texas. <laughs> Oh, that's a, poison. Never wrote no shit like fuck like a beast or the manimal. <laughs> Stop using poison as a measuring stick, though. Okay, slaughter never wrote anything like fucking inside the electric circus. What about London? London's the measuring stick. No, they're the training ground. I think yes. Bla- <laughs> I think Blackie did time in London. There you go, hair metal. Okay. Speaking of slaughter, they fucking clock in at eighteen. Awesome, there we go. awesome yeah. band, They're good band, uh, great band. Uh, and we can thank Dana Strum of Slaughter fame for introducing Randy Rhodes to Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, really? Yes. Dana was originally considered to play bass instead of, but Rudy Sarzo got the gig. Uh huh. And he recommended Randy Rhodes. Oh, nice. And we can thank Vinnie Vincent for Slaughter. Yeah, because yeah. it's the Vinnie Vincent invasion with a different fucking guitar player. Yep. Yep. How now, fucking what? big of an <laughs> asshole do you got to be to get kicked out of your own band? <laughs> I'm an asshole, but I've never had that fucking happen to me. Oh, and yeah. And, and the don't diff- get any ideas, the, Doug. The different, <laughs> the different sounds completely between the two of them. Yeah. 17. The yellow and black attack. Striper. Pretty good. They were they pretty were all, good. Yeah. yeah, I like them. They had their iconic. Even even outfits. after you get out, you know, it's, yeah. it's all Bible rock. It's yeah, kind of, it's still kind of fun. Yeah, they're not bad. I, musically, they're all really fucking talented. Mm-hmm. Yes, Oz Fox is a great fucking guitar player. I I I, I I'm not gonna believe it or not. The Heathen is not gonna shit on Stripe. <laughs> I was good. I I didn't care for the outfits. 
Yeah. But the outfits were also, I think, religious based off of some text of some sort. Yes. Uh, it, it, Isaiah 5, uh, 535 or 535 something is the, the Bible verse that's mm-hmm. quoted on each of their albums. Okay. Um, anyway, 16. Some good Pennsylvania boys. Brittany Fox. Should have gotten bigger. They should have been huge. Yeah. yeah. If it wouldn't been if it wouldn't have been for Cinderella, <laughs> I think Britney Fox would have been huge. Yes. Yeah. But they sounded too much like yes, Cinderella. They did. That yep. that that high pitched yep. vocal. Yep. Was, Dizzy was... Dean Dizzy Dean Davidson sounded mm-hmm. way too much like Tom Kiefer. Mm-hmm. But I I love Cinderella. You know, I like uh Missy was watching a show last night and they were playing Coming Home. Yeah. And I'm walk, I walk in, I'm like, I fucking love this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And Heartbreak Station is such a great song. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's enough of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Britney Fox was fucking great. Girl School, um, Save the Week. There's so many good... So, you know, that whole first album was just really good. Yeah, they, they definitely should have been a little bigger. I think they came on maybe also too late. Yeah, they might have been third wave. Yeah. Here's another band that should have been fucking huge. L.A. Guns. I thought they were pretty big. They should have been bigger. I, I, I thought Cocked and Loaded was like everywhere. Yeah. It was, but that was the only one. And they're so, you know, I mean, like, dude, Electric Gypsy is such a fucking badass song. Mm. And they, like, they have what may be my favorite power ballad. Go ahead. The Ballad of Jane. Jane. Yeah. Yes. I always, I, yeah. I also, they, they just always reminded me of like when you, when you hear like some of their stuff, you can hear the Guns N' Roses roots in there. Well, and that's, oh, yeah. that's where I think what happened when Guns N' Roses hit, it was like, fuck, they're left in their, in their dust. Yeah. Well, I mean, Axel, that was the first instance of Axel taking the band away from the guy who actually fucking started it. <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, the, like, because Tracy Guns. I know. And Axel started the fucking band together. I know. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to talk about that fat fucking asshole. Next is a band that w- they were hot for a minute and could have been a lot bigger. Kicks. What about yeah? One yeah. of my favorites. They should definitely be on that list. And that and that one. It was the one before um, "Blow My Fuse." The with Cool Kids was on. Yeah. That was so like this weird electronica kind of stuff, and metal, and it worked. Yeah, and then and then, but everybody that knows bo- body talk was on that one. But everybody knows blow my fuse. Yes. Yeah, that that's it's it's one of their best. Yeah, it's a great record. Oh. At number thirteen, we talked about them a little earlier. Dokken. Mm. I got some. I know some people that are huge Dokken fans. Know. I just never. I could never get into them. See, I the the thing that that always kind of turned me off on Dawkins was Don Dawkins' voice. Yes, because mm-hmm. I mean George Lynch is a fucking machine mm-hmm. on guitar, and you then you've got Mick Brown on drums, great drummer, and uh, what the fuck was the uh, bass player's name? They uh, they if you ever see the movie uh, Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. It's essentially okay. it's it's a dramatization of Ripper Owens's story. Right. Okay. The band that the guys that play the band uh uh Steel Dragon in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
it's Zach Wild and Dawkin <laughs> without Don Dawkin or George Lynch. Okay. It's their bass player, their drummer. Yeah. Yeah. But Dawkin, like, musically, they're so fucking good. Like, better than a lot of the hair metal that they were lumped in with. But it's Don Dawkins' voice just didn't do it for nope, me. Same here. Yeah. At number 12, a band that I wish would have been huge. Faster Pussycat. Again, I, c- I could have sworn these guys were bigger than maybe I remember. They were they were never big. No, they were there for a hot minute, and that was it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the entire Wake Me When It's Over album. Oh, it's, it's so it's, good. It's a great album. Right, but... But everybody knows... Uh, everybody knows... Uh, uh, what the... Bathroom Wall? Everybody knows Bathroom Wall mm-hmm. and uh, House of Pain. Yes. Yeah. But they look past... Shit like Poison Ivy, which was another single and a great fucking mm-hmm. song. Those guys are what sleaze rock should be should have yeah, always. I think they had been. old walking shoes. I think walking shoes and is that, great. And, yeah, and it's it's just blues metal. Almost. Yeah, it's like yeah, and and Tammy Tammy has such grit in his voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it everything he sings just sounds dirty. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I always thought his name was Tie Me Down. Yeah, because it's he, he sound oh. well. I mean, if it, it would have fit. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Faster Pussycat I think should have been a lot bigger than they were. Uh, I I love those guys. Number eleven, another band that should have been huge and would have been if Vince Neil wouldn't drive drunk. Hanoi Rocks. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I a big Hanoi Rocks fan. The Two Steps from the Move album, mm, Chef's Kiss. Yeah. And even Bangkok Shocks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, they, they, they were like hair metal, the start of it. Yeah. They were there. They were there at the beginning. Yeah. And, and they were the first, like, really, really the first European hair metal band. Mm-hmm. You know, and even Michael Monroe's solo stuff is oh, fucking God. awesome. His solo, his, I think it's sometimes his solo stuff's a little bit better than. Oh, dude, the Not Faking It album? Yeah, Not Faking It, best album. Oh. So good, oh. so good. We should review that. Okay, we should. Do it. We'll have to put it on a paper and throw it in. Um, next number ten. We just talked about him. The Vinnie Vincent Invasion. <laughs> wow. Yep. I never really got into them. Neither did I. You know, and I I argue with a bunch of Kiss fans who do not like Vinnie Vincent. Excellent guitar player. Yeah, and I love the Lick It Up album, which you know he was a lot responsible for. Yeah. Well, that whole that whole time frame, um, you had four different guitar players. Actually, if you want to get technical, you had five different guitar players in a four album span. With Kiss, yes, because Ace is credited. Okay, yeah, but it was really Bob Kulik. Okay, that mm-hmm. was on Creatures. Yeah, okay, that was the last one. That was the last one with Ace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you have Lick It Up with Vinnie Vincent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, shit. I, I, I forgot Unmasked. Because Ace was still on Unmasked, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Vinnie did one album with him with the, with the Ankh makeup. Which was... Or was that just a no, tour? No, he just did the tour. He, was, he okay. was never on an album with the makeup. Okay. Okay, so it was five guitar players and four yeah. albums. You have Ace... 
credited, but it was really Bob Kulik on most of it. Now, okay. could Bob Kulik sue to get credited? Oh, he, no, he was paid handsomely. Okay. He was paid handsomely, and that was part of the deal. Then you have Vinnie Vincent on the Lick It Up album. Mm-hmm. Okay? He lasts one record because of douchebaggery. So they bring in a guy named Mark St. John for Animal Eyes. I think it was that. Was that Animal Eyes or was it? Uh, no, it was Asylum. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name. Either Asylum or Animal Eyes. It's one of those two. Mm-hmm. But Mark St. John comes in, but he got sick. He had uh, some sort of like debilitating disease. He couldn't tour. In comes Bruce Kulik. Oh, boy. And Bruce had the job from there on. Until he until un, up until Psycho Circus. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, Vinnie Vincent, good guitar player, bad bandmate. <laughs> yeah, he always and I always thought, apart from Steve Vai, he had some of the coolest fucking guitars. Well, that, he, that double V. That that you know what? I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Because I found a documentary on Amazon Prime that I just watched. It's called The Original Charvel Gang. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's about the origins of the Charvel Jackson Guitar Company. Okay. And that double V is one of the guitars they talk about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the guys that came there for the early stuff that Grover Jack or that Wayne Charvel was doing. Okay? The, The company started in San Dimas, California. Wayne Charvel... Was he was doing finish work for the Fender company and doing some hot rod modifications for Fender guitars, mm-hmm. and he had a small shop and people would bring him shit to hot rod, and then he started building his own guitars, and now he meets this young hotshot kid, na- kid named Grover Jackson. Grover goes to work for Wayne Charbel, and eventually ends up buying the company. Okay, and. In the 80s, Jackson Guitars becomes like the hot brand. Michael Anthony's Jack Daniels bass. Okay? Mm -hmm. The bass that looks like a Jack Daniels bottle. Mm -hmm. That's a Charvel custom job. Okay. Okay. The Randy Rhodes offset flying V. Yeah. The Jackson Concord. That's a Jackson, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody at the at the, at the time Jackson was hot. Fender's guitars sucked. I've never been a Fender fan to begin with, but in the eighties, Fender and Jackson, the the quality or Fender and uh, Gibson, the quality really went downhill. And this is when you had companies like Ibanez and Jackson and BC Rich come into the forefront. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting little documentary for yeah. you know for a gear. For and a gear and Jackson had a very Metal headstock. It looked like it could poke your damn eye out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang on. Michael Monroe, not faking it. And I know that one's on Spotify because I've listened to it a million times. Great fucking record. Moving on. Number nine. Good New Jersey boys, except for the douchebag singer. Skid Row. Yeah, I didn't think he was a douchebag, but you know, all right, I know, I know. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's a 
I, I, I like I like Sebastian's singing. Yeah. Yeah. Good first album. Great second album. Yes. Second album's like, in my opinion, much better than the oh, fucking yeah. first. Well, I yeah. love the second album. Monkey Business. Holy. Quicksand Jesus. Yes. That's my favorite. That's my favorite Skid Row song. Mm-hmm. That is it's. I I I think the second one was you know I wish they could have kept it going. Yes. Yeah. They well, could, they I know they could have, but well, Snake Sabo was asked. He's been asked multiple times about would you ever reunite with Sebastian with Sebastian Bach, and Snake Sabo and Rachel Bolin, who are the founders of the band, yeah, they've both said no. We will break this motherfucker up before we ever work with him again. <laughs> it will never fucking happen. Mm. I there I don't care how much money you throw at us. It's not worth it. Yeah. I, I there's a part of me that I would like to see a Skid Row reunion. Just for the 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 nostalgia value, yeah. But there's also a part of me that hopes that they stick to their guns and say "fuck you." I think it would turn out like the Van Halen reunion did. It'd be bad, oh, where God. it's like David Lee Roth just kind of just came in and did some fucking about, and and Eddie said, "Nope, I now I know why we fired you." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's... Number eight, Rat. Yes. Yep. Great. Great band. Underrated band, uh, much better than most of their... They're number eight. They're underrated. <sighs> Holy... They are w- much better musically than most of the yeah, hair metal out And they're so enjoyable. They have so many. Uh, Way Cool Junior. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, well, going, even going around round, round and round. Juan Crucier, killer bass player. Juan is a fucking a beast. And then you had their two guitar players, Warren Martini <laughs> and Robin Crosby. Oh my fuck, were they good? Yep. Yeah. And, and, and say what you will, Stephen Piercy has a great voice. Yeah. And they're the only ones that can put Milton Burl in a fucking in video. A, in a metal video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Quiet Riot. The originals. Yeah. But yeah. They got a contract, and everybody gets a contract. Yeah. But it took them forever to oh, get the contract. God, yeah. Freaking poor. Um, poor Randy. No, what's his name? Not Randy. Um. The singer. Kevin Debro. Kevin Debro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they struggled for so long. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there is literally now no original members playing yeah. as Quiet Riot. Yeah. Frankie Benali owned the name. Okay? Mm-hmm. Frankie was not an original member. He was brought in, uh, I think, on Metal Health. He was brought, he joined before, just before Metal Health. Frankie was the last quote unquote most people would think original member. Mm-hmm. He's gone too, and Quiet mm-hmm. Riot still touring. Yeah. Number six, Warrant. Yeah. Almost, yeah. I like Warrant. I feel, I almost feel like there there's two separate. I mean, there's some great songs of Warrant, Dirty Rotten, Filthy Stinking Rich. That album is incredible. Down Boys. 32 pennies. Yeah, a hole in my wall is another good one. Yeah. But then he gets stuff like I don't like and this is me I don't like I don't like Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's I don't a, like I saw red. That's a good song. That's a great yeah, song. I, cherry pie. I don't like cherry pie. Oh. I don't like yeah, that. Loving in stereo is a good song. There's like I said there's two sides. Like I said, I I like Warren. I don't like Warren for like kind of like I think they're great when they're rocking but when they do those ballads like Heaven. Heaven? Oh god. What? I, yeah, I'm not a fan of Heaven. Oh, my Lord. Sorry. It's not bad. 
I just, I don't know. There, there was that whole era of power ballads, which was a very, very take it or leave it. You had to, every band had to have them at that time. Yeah. Who are you mugging to? I'm Who not, the fuck are you mugging to? I'm not to? mugging anybody. <laughs> but it's like, Heaven was one I didn't like. Yeah. But Angel was okay. Fuck you and feed you fish heads. Angel had a reason to be okay. Don't you bring, don't fucking bring Angel up. Fuck you. Yeah, that's kind of a fucking big double double standard right there. Heaven is a much better song than Angel. I will agree. No, no. Yeah. You know why Angel's a better song? Because it was sung by Aerosmith. No, well, see, wrong. Just... <laughs> wrong. Wrong. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number five, Cinderella. Yes. Favorite hair metal band. They're, they're up there. I, I like Cinderella. I love every. I love almost everything they do. They can do ballads perfectly. Yes. They they do ballads very well. They do they do everything very well. Yes. Fred Corey, great drummer. You know, air, uh, fucking uh, Tom Kiefer, great singer. Yeah, that was a. I got to see them with Aerosmith and Montage. Great show. I got to see Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses. Yeah, well, I it was Aerosmith, it was Cinderella, it was Kid Rock, it was Run DMC. That would have been cool. That's a weird lineup. That would have been cool. Wow. It's like back in the day, I would have yeah. loved to have gone to Anthrax and Public Enemy. Oh, my God, would I have ever gone to that one? All right, moving on. Number four, I can't believe I even have to mention these assholes, Motley Crue. Yeah. Then we did... Yeah, we that that was the missing. That's deep, the missing the, deep. Dive. The missing deep dive, that uh, that, that pie tin was that, here for. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> That's the missing deep dive. We Thank had, God. We got to listen to that for nothing. Yes. And <laughs> we will never listen to it again. No. I, that shan't happen again. It shan't. Were you part of that deep dive? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Um. Yeah. Fuck Motley Crue. I, I I love all of Motley Crue, uh, uh, except after Dr. Feelgood. Wait a minute. That's half the catalog. <laughs> uh, no, fuck, fuck Motley Crue. Um, number three, band I absolutely love. I wish they wouldn't have fallen apart. Twisted Sister. They fell apart? Oh Well, after fucking uh, Love is for Suckers. Oh, I don't know. I mean, they disappeared. Well, no, I don't. They didn't disappear. They I disappeared. D. Snyder. They basically just will only play when they like to keep the audience like waiting and wanting. Yeah. No, I'm talking about before they got to back together. After Love well, Is for Suckers, they disappeared. All right. They all had other things to do. Yeah. Fucking J.J. French started a management company. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, and he still manages bands to this day. And J- and JJ French was on the Anvil story, and one of the few, a lot of people. There was a whole part of it where they went to this festival, and Lips was trying to get people's attention that he had taught, yeah, he had, you know, rocked out with before, and people were kind of giving him the cold shoulder, but JJ French came, hey, I love you guys, hey, what are you doing? It's like okay, so JJ French likes Anvil. Oh God. Sorry, JJ, you just lost fucking like eighty-seven cool points. <laughs> Wrong with Anvil. Lots wrong with Anvil. Uh, next at number two, one of my guilty pleasures, Bon Jovi. Yes. I, if we have nothing good to say, I'm not going to say anything. 
don't like him. Oh, my. He never has. Lord. I can verify he never has. Wow. And he can verify that they've always been a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Again, and it's like you can't go a day. Somehow you can't go a day without hearing a fucking Bon Jovi song. I'm at the baseball game. A goddamn baseball game, and they're playing Bon Jovi. Come on! No, I'm not kidding you. I fucking. I even and I even and Lisa knows how I feel, and I lean back, and I whatever station I seem to listen to, it on 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 Pandora, always has to play a Bon Jovi song somewhere. It's like Jesus Christ. Well, since we're talking about Bon Jovi, um, I'm gonna start doing some, uh, like bass covers and guitar covers now that I'm getting a little bit better with the video editing mm-hmm. and audio editing. Look at one of the first ones I'm going to be doing, boys. Oh, I can't read tab. Well, no, the fucking title, <laughs> you idiot. Wow. Santa Fe Cores by John Bond. Remove ads. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Santa Fe by John Bon Jovi off of the Blaze of Glory soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that song. Uh, that's one of the first ones I'm going to be doing. But... Yeah, I fucking have all. I've always been, uh, you know, a hiding, hiding under the under oh, the blankets, baloney. listening to to Bon Jovi. And you know, fan. and the worst part about it is, you say "Blaze of Glory," that's like maybe the one song that always catches me off guard at the end of Young Guns. Yeah, when when they're yelling for Bill, and then all of a sudden, God damn it, the song kicks on. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good. I I, 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 I'm a big fan of Bon Jovi's stuff. As Bon Jovi, I'm a big fan of the Blaze of Glory record, you know, which is credited mm-hmm. to John Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan, a huge fan of Richie Sambora's solo stuff. Okay, the Stranger in This Town album is un fucking believable. He is such an underrated guitar player, that dude, and an underrated singer. Yeah, the, like. The harmony vocals, all the harmony vocals you hear in Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. that's Richie. Yes. And rule number one is never let your lead singer get overpowered by your fucking backup singer. <laughs> Happens on a consistent basis. Uh, Alistair says, bad take, Bill. That's going to be my new nickname. Then I'm going to have that embroidered on a jacket. Bad, bad take, take, Bill. <laughs> yeah, just, there you go. Just get a patch for your uh Yeah, I, got, I need a new denim. This is getting frayed. And according to our friends at YardBarker.com, the number one hair metal band of all time. Oh, my God. It's the only one they didn't name. Look what the cat dragged in. Okay. Ricky, Bobby, Brett, and Cece. It's Poison. I actually love Poison. Me too. It's It's such fun. Hey, Brett, can I sing a song? What are they classifying Guns N' Roses? Well, it's uh, not what they're classifying it as. It's like, you can only get so many. Yeah, we can only get 20. Well, I'm saying if they did Guns N' Roses as hair, they should have been in the top 20. No. Hmm. No. Yeah, there was a f- it was a f- more than a few missing. Yeah, there's a lot missing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're sleazy hair. Okay. Hey, sleazy P. Martini. <laughs> sleazy had great hair. Have you ever seen pictures of him? Oh yeah, I've seen the I've seen pictures of Don. Yeah, I I I, I just saw an interview that they did with him, and uh, the the interviewer, the, now the interviewer starts off by saying he doesn't want to talk a lot about Guar in the interview, 
Now, now it's now it's an hour long interview, but he wants to talk about all the other things that he's done. Okay, forty five minutes of the hour was about Guar. Well, yeah, but 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 when he started it, he actually let off the fact. I don't I don't want to spend a lot of the time talking about Guar, but we have to talk a little bit about it. And like forty five minutes in, finally they get to the production company. Jesus oh Christ. <laughs> Yeah, but he was talking too. He didn't care. He well, was well. Don still he still yeah. does he still does quite a bit with Slave Pit. Yeah, I mean he was. They were talking about how everybody got introduced, and you yeah. know, and, and, and it was and a great interview. Did they talk about how Hunter Jackson's an asshole? Maybe, but probably not. It was mostly positive. Okay, because um, like, <sighs> yeah, it was mostly positive. They talked about how everybody met and how he like first came up with the idea of things squirting out. Yeah. And like the first blood bag he made, like just did absolutely nothing. So I said, we gotta get some power behind this, right? <laughs> See, I, Sleazy P. Martini is one of my all-time favorite characters mm. in the Guardian universe. Mm-hmm. I lo- I love Sleazy. Um, if for nothing more, he he's the guy that sings fucking Slaughterama. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yep. I, I I gotta love it. All right, boys. Um, that's I think good enough for tonight. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, so next week we're going to finish up the Black Sabbath retrospective. Tear Dehumanizer, um, Cross Purposes Forbidden in 13. Mm -hmm. If you want to play along, there you go. Um, Until next time, this has been Oh No Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bad Take Bill. (laughs) I'm Jim. See you later, motherfuckers. (laughs)